Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Halbkasten mit Tom Reimann an David Bell. Yeah, we're doing great. I can tell we're all excited to talk about Amityville in space. <laughs> uh, uh, I, are we going to talk about that? I guess so. All right. It's, <laughs> it's on, on the, the list. Dock, yeah. <laughs> the doc, the doc, what the doc says, we do. I think we should just put that on tomorrow, Dave. Is it out? I don't know. How could okay. it not be? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Why, why would they bother... Uh, not having it immediately out after that trailer. Yeah. Like if they don't, if they don't, then we're just going to forget about it. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at, I'm, lo- I'm looking up the release date. Is this the podcast? Are we doing it? I think this is the show. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, crap. It's, it's only in theaters, guys. Oh, son of a uh, bitch. Yeah. Man. <laughs> it's they doing only in, they're doing an IMAX run. They're doing yeah. that surge pricing like AMC's doing with Batman. <laughs> you have to pay a dollar yeah. fifty extra to see Amityville in space. Honestly, I feel like they could. I feel like they could get away with that. Yeah, they could get a bunch of just ironic ticket purchases. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's companies discovered long ago. Ironic dollars uh, spend the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't find a release date. <laughs> Damn, I can't find a release date. They're, they really want us to... Uh, Maybe it's part of the curse. Maybe it's through. already in your DVD collection. Maybe. Let me uh, specifically uh, write. <laughs> is is there some sort of introduction to the show that we're supposed to be doing? Or uh, I, I, I suppose so. Uh, hello, everyone. <laughs> Hi. Oh, another episode of Hypecast! Hypecast. Oh, it's the show where we get hyped about stuff and things. I'm your co-host, Tom Ryman. I'm your other co-host, David Bell. Damn. And a third I was late, person. I was late coming in on my cue. That's I'm so sorry. I was looking at the doc. Uh, yeah, this is Jason Pargin, uh, frequent frequent guest of the show. Uh, and I think, I think, because I lose track, because my life is just a, a blur of podcast mm-hmm. uh, guestings. But I think this is the first time I've been on when I have finally a different book to promote. Ooh, yeah, because well, what, what book is that? Yeah, I've had the same, though. I've been promoting the same one for the entire time that like all of the post cracked podcasts have existed. So I think I've only ever been known for promoting that one thing, but the new one right. has gone up for pre-order the new book in the John Dice at the end series called, if this book exists, you're in the wrong universe. Uh, and it's up for pre-order any place that sells books. 
except for like a like yes. grocery stores and stuff. Like it's got to be a bookstore. It's got to be some kind of a, a book. I'm going to try it. Now that you said it, I'm going to try it. I'm going to go to the food line. CVS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Demand. Where they've got like, well, <laughs> like five Tom Clancy novels and some James Patterson's. I don't know if they'll pre-order it for you, but otherwise any place, like any kind of bookstore, go up to the counter, pre-order it. They will be thrilled that you did that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've already pre-ordered it. I'm very excited for it. Did you guys not have, I had a, grocery store with a book aisle i'm not even kidding like is that weird it has a weird thing in a very small town where the closest thing i had was like 25 miles away we had a target that had an actual book aisle otherwise i was restricted to whatever the drugstore had we had a walgreens Mm. and they had a little shelf of books and that was kind of it so that's why i was a stephen king fan because that was the one of three authors who's right you right. could reliably get all of their books new it was, in in hardcover it was either yeah it was it was it was him danielle Steele, james patterson and tom clancy that's it yeah sounds uh, about right if you don't like any of them you're out of like yeah no, the grocery stores where i grew up it was same it had like a single not like a full aisle but like a single shelf next to the magazine rack oh yeah. wow see it was also for me the most interesting aisle when you're a kid. Yeah. Because you look at a grocery store, that's it. That's the most interesting aisle for a child. And yeah. it's not even that interesting. Well, they had the video game magazines on the magazine rack. And then, you know, they would that's occasionally true. have like Stephen King books. Or when I was a kid, they would sometimes have a Goosebumps book in the book aisle. Right. So if I was good. all set. Yeah. Yeah, if you're good, if you behave yourself, you can get this month's tips and tricks, which will show you how to pick Bill Clinton in NBA Jam. (laughs) These all these video game magazines, they were written with a six week lead time. I know. So they they either had to speculate on games that were years away or else review games that you bought or didn't buy a month ago. It was a disaster. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was a real dismal industry. It's like seven bucks, and it was just so much filler and fan mail. And uh... I had a, yeah. I had a piece of, I had it wasn't fan mail. It was like a like a buyer beware thing. And I had a letter published in Game Pro magazine, except they put, they they credited me as being Tom Ryman from Silver Springs, Maryland. Huh. That, is, that is not, in fact, where where the letter was was delivered from. <laughs> what an incredibly odd. Maybe error they were to protecting make. my identity. In case. Yeah, which would be, yeah, com- your opinion was too high. Yeah, my whatever company I was raging at wouldn't come find me and, and tap my kneecaps. Which mm. magazine was it? Game Pro. I either got one either in Game Pro or in EGN or EGM Electronic Gaming Monthly. It was one of the two. I don't remember which. But they ran a. They used to have every month a full page ad of when the new video computer video game cards are coming out. At the time, it was like the Voodoo series, and they had this ad of a guy holding the video card up over his head and like lightning striking it, and the video card was like the size of a person because that was, you well, know, that, he, is, he had, that is a bodacious image. So, so I, yeah. I wrote a letter saying that these new cards are too big like they won't fit in a computer because that thing is the size of a mattress like i think it's ridiculous that they're not taking into account and so they published it as like the dumb guy letter of 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 the month uh and that was i was very proud i showed that to everybody i knew incredible i think they both i I was gonna say i feel like that was egm but I, i think they both did that they both did like the deranged letter of the month that's such a that's such a good bit yeah, it's a solid bit. <laughs> oh yeah, 
God, remember when that there was? Sorry, I, we're already derailed. There was a radio station where I was that would um, open up the phone lines for a minute, and you could call. And if you came, if you got in, you could just yell whatever you wanted. That's a bad and like idea. That, <laughs> and that was just. There, I think there was. I think there was like a like a ten second delay. Okay. In, in, like, where you know, like it, yeah, if you say something that's would, like yeah. They would have learned that lesson within the first six seconds of the first <laughs> of the first Very time true. they did it. <laughs> but that's just like how we did things before the internet. That was that was what we had to resort to, and it worked. Yeah, just fine. And we all we all got by. This leads yeah. to one of my truly unpopular opinions. When the the kids today talk about like how much better life used to be, like I was, how was I? cursed to be born in the disaster times uh, my uh, unpopular opinion because they like well yeah we got better tvs now so what we've got the internet but it's like, uh, it's like no 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 the internet utterly changed every single little teeny tiny thing about my life from top to bottom in for the better i yeah. cannot fathom like if you're trying to measure the economic impact like what would you have to pay me to not have the internet for the rest of my life I don't. I couldn't put a number on it. To be totally cut off from all the people I can only talk to on the internet. To be totally cut off from all the information sources I can only get up to get back just to where I was living in the way I was living in 1996. Right. I, I, have- it would be in the millions of dollars. It's like no. I, I. I. Even then, I don't think I would do it. it. The loss of quality of life would be too great. Right. You'd have to pay me enough so that I could afford to create the internet. <laughs> like that's that's what it would take yeah uh yeah no for sure like i don't know i don't know where i would be without the internet and, and that's a weird thing to say uh like who would have like, ever let me write books for a living if it was the old way where you have to like pitch the book to a publisher under a cover letter and it's to some guy in a dusty office with a stack of eight thousand manuscripts that weirdos have mailed in like right. I, I didn't have an English degree. Like I, I had nothing. I had no. It would just been a total cold call mailing of this, this pile of words from this weirdo. Like it, it, there's no chance. Yeah, but, I remember printing out scripts and putting them in envelopes and mailing them. And these stories of like, yeah, you have to physically go to these places if you want to like get a shot at making it. You have to like track down people and bother them when they're walking to their car and stuff like that. Like that was the only way to like get noticed uh, at like in, in at least with like screenwriting and stuff like that. It's a, yeah, it's a nightmare. Uh, thank God for the internet. You guys, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I guess, I mean, I tried to I, draw, I tried to draw my own little comic strip and I made my mom drive me to the copy store so that they could, because you know you draw them big and then they get shrunk down to be in the newspaper. Right. So I would draw them huge and and take them to the coffee store to have them shrink it down. Oh like, yeah, good God! <laughs> so, not to sound like like a like a parody, but literally in my day we didn't have YouTube. We had to literally sit on the street and hand out DVDs of things we made, which is something I did. It was literally like, here you want to watch this sketch I made? Here's a DVD I burned. Like that was a thing I did. Man, uh, whoever I, whoever took those DVDs is really throwing the dice there. I, yeah, yeah, whoever whoever went home to watch that was a pervert. Like he <laughs> automatically knew 
It's, it was a fan you didn't want. <laughs> Dave, Dave 100% sold a DVD to the BTK killer. Just to <laughs> realize it. Oh, I All hope right. so. We should probably name some producers. <laughs> yeah. Let's name some producers and then let's get into the trailer. So yeah. big thank you. New new trailer. Or new trailer. New producer. Uh, Heathcliff's Helping Hamfuls. That's Ham. H-A-M-fuls. Oh, that's uh, thank solid you very one. much. Solid. Welcome Heathcliff's hands and ham. Yep. Hams. And the concept uh, of being full. <laughs> yeah. Thank you to the conveniently placed self-destruct button on the top of every baby's head. Always a pleasure. Thank you to Lef. Thank you, Lef. Thank you to Samuel Beckett's Donuts and Mortgage Emporium. Thank you to Ryan, the Silly Money Goose. Thank you to Snapper Car Punches God in the Dick. Thank you to At Nerd Numbers. Thank you to Mike the Lurker. Thank you to DJ Finney. Mm. Thank you to Dracula, the bus driving vampire. Mm. Thank you to Brockway Loves the Meat Millie. It's true. Sure Thank does. you to David Knife Boot. Knife Boot. Henson, the return of Knife the Return Boot. of Thank Knife you. Boot. I was about to say it's been here a while. All right, let me jump in here. Thank you to Grumblebee. Thank you. Thank you to Screaming Horse Pyramid. Thank, Thank you. Thank you to Look Mom on a Podcast. Thank you. Thank you to Seismic Charge Noise. Thank you to Deborah's you. Awesome, Barbara's Great, and Cancer Can Go to Hell. Thank you. Thank you to Numino Ultra Microscopic Silico Volcano Coniosis Jones. Thank you. Thank you to the baby from Eraserhead. Thank you. Thank you to Chiz Lily Tits. Thanks. Thank you to these seven bees. Thank you. Thank you to Breezy Ruizy. Thank you. Thank you to Davy Francis for the revenge. Thank you. And thank you to MVB. Thank you. Mm. All right. Whew. Now, uh, another Jason. milestone is in the last few appearances I've been on, we've done like a roundup of where have our COVID movies gone? Like what were the, all the blockbusters had to be delayed and delayed and delayed again, like Top Gun, the Top Gun sequel and all those, like where have they landed? That's, I think, pretty much over, God willing, right. unless a new movie shows up. Yeah, you Which, made a you list know. here and it's it's like getting smaller, the list, like we're, we're cleaning right. up. Right, it used to be like, when we first did this, I think two summers ago, the oh, list God. was all we talked. That was the entire episode was just the yes. list of all the movies that got delayed. Yeah, because the yeah. 2020, they had to push everything. Like the entire yeah. summer of 2020 got just jettisoned back into the future. And some of that stuff landed in 2021. Some of it still hasn't come out. Like Mission Impossible finally arrives next year. That that was supposed to come out like 2019 or something like that. Like. Uh, long, Top Gun definitely ago. was. Top Gun was November 2019. So that one, we yeah, we're never gonna. That's the. Tr- yeah, I, I said I made that joke last time. We're never gonna see this movie. <laughs> but yeah. Just very very quickly, the only ones I saw browsing the release schedule, in terms of because they've now got separated like stuff movies that were impacted by COVID. I only seen Fast and Furious 10 is next May. The Shazam sequel is next June, and in that same month, the Transformers. 13 what transformers yeah. movie are we on i think this I think is we're on six i think this is eight, uh, eight. six oh are God. you kidding me they I'm made sorry. it's they I'm made sorry. There was if the you're four, counting there was the, the spinoffs three? and it's if it's not transformers 10 i will eat my hat because right. the there was there's the, there's there was three lebuff there was three with lebeef there was three with marky mark there was holy Bumblebee. shit there was the, the boomblebee and now there's this one there was it's only seven honestly yes no, there's eight. eight this is eight, eight cuz of is eight. Bumblebee. Bumblebee was 7. Um and it's so canon like, to the story, right? Like that that has to count. As far as I know, yeah, Bumblebee yeah. was a prequel, so yeah. 
I think it, he's and it our, explains you know, why he's already on Earth uh, for Shia LaBeouf to discover in the original Transformers. It's it's kind of amazing that Transformers is operating in a world where like Transformers is the new Star Wars, where they're like they're pumping them out and like they must make a lot of money, probably like you know internationally D- diminishing but, like, returns. Like are... the, but yes, like they were all billion dollar movies. Like the last couple right. definitely were. It's just kind of wild that they can still exist. Uh, they play they very well overseas. I, I think they yeah. play. I think the whole aesthetic of them, it, it, there's just in China, other countries, I think that it plays better than it does here. Yeah. Like yeah. I think three, four, and five, like I think the middle chunk all broke a billion dollars. And then like the last, the King Arthur one, like it kind of, it still made, you know, like over half a billion dollars, but it wasn't enough to like justify doing more, which is why they rebooted it with Bumblebee and, and why we're right. getting this new one. Um, anyway, it's in speaking of uh, uh, kind of sad franchises, Indiana Jones five. Yeah. The, yeah. It's done. They finally, filmed it. They, they wrapped filming Harrison Ford survived filming. I know. So I hope no matter was. what happens, no matter how many times he pancakes a, a plane on the San Diego, uh, not San Diego, fucking uh, Santa Monica golf course. I mean, it could be a San Diego golf course. That's true. <laughs> Probably no. Uh, like Harrison Ford could be the next like Amelia Earhart, right? Like we could just lose him. It was going to be and anyone. That would be yeah, that. It's going to yeah. be him. Uh, and then Mission Impossible 7 finally lands next year. And then I think they've got Mission Impossible 8 and p- probably 9 by now <laughs> filmed yeah. and, and ready to go. They might as well just, just pop it up as a double feature. Um, as Tom Cruise just continued to film movies throughout the pandemic, whether they were being released or not. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm, I'm filming the movie. I don't care what you're doing. Yeah, he's uh, just, I'm he's keep just making them. them. Yeah, uh, it's so weird. It's just through sheer force of Scientological will, just <laughs> making these movies. And this, what's now? Remind me what Star Wars Rogue Squadron is. That's been. I think that's the Patty Jenkins one. Who I think she's no longer doing it. I think what oh. happened is, yeah. What I what I because they had that like preview where she was like gets into a, 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 an X wing or something. Um, and last time I heard, I think she's they're not doing it or it's just been like indefinitely delayed. It seems like something's up at Lucasfilm. Like they're I think because, you know, remember when they were like, we're going to do a movie a year mm-hmm. and then they put out, you know, the movies and people were like, this sucks. And they seem to be aware of that or maybe the numbers reflected it because they do seem to be in some sort of crisis. Uh, they pivoted to video. Uh, yeah, yeah exactly. they, they literally pivoted to streaming video and yeah. i think all of the people that would have been working on these movies they're all doing scripts for mandalorian yeah. season whatever right. i think <laughs> it's like it's it's kind of an open secret now that the boba fett season was supposed to be the james mangold boba fett movie um, interesting and then, it, and then it became that show and from what i hear i haven't watched it but what i hear is like more than one episode is like devoted to the Mandalorian. I think yeah. the so like, it's, season it, they just decided yeah. to. It's very funny yeah. to me. Like I want, I want it just to keep expanding like that. Well, it's where I, they're like, so the next Marvel film is just going to be a Mandalorian film too. Like Disney just starts like flooding everything. It's with all that. Mandalorian, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they just start inserting just, like, really him into all their, their live action remakes. Yeah, 
Like they do, they do the Fox Robin Hood and fucking the Mandalorian <laughs> is just in there. It's oh, little I'd watch John that. Or something. Yeah, I'd watch the shit out of that. And then um, finally, it's I noticed that the opposite of the delay stuff that they're claiming Avatar Two is still Christmas this year. Like this year, we're allegedly going to be seeing a sequel to Avatar. I that's really exciting. Yeah, I, that might be true because. I don't know. James Cameron, he's probably in some dark room right now cutting it. Because didn't they fi- finish shooting it? Yeah. I'm om- Yeah. So, like, it does seem plausible that it'll come out by Christmas. Maybe by the summer we'll get some trailers. But, like, it does feel like, how? Like, how could that possibly happen? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean... I'll believe it when I see it, but like, yeah, they, it, apparently it's been filmed. They've been working on post-production for at least the past year and change in Australia. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it feel- I think it might actually happen. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like the millennium where we talked about it for right. so long, like Y2K and stuff. And then you're like, wow, it's actually here. It's happening. No, it like it. It feels like that friend who claims he has a girlfriend, but he never lets right. you meet her. <laughs> And then after like six months, you're just yurmering him. It's like, okay. And <laughs> yeah. right. finally, it's like, no, no, no. And next next Thursday, she's going to come to dinner at our house. You're like, really? Yeah. No. Okay. You don't, <laughs> right. have to, you don't have to do this. You don't have to hire somebody. to. Pre- <laughs> it's like, no, she'll be here. She wants to come. She wants to finally meet you guys. Like, oh. Yeah. And then, you know, you and the rest of the little rascals crowd, crowd around the, the dining room window to peek inside and see if she's real. <laughs> I really like. I really like a version where avatar 2 comes out but like no one can claim to have seen it like they just they just are like yeah it's out it happened and everybody's like okay but i mean i called the theater i went there i couldn't find it and they're like no it's out i'm telling you it's and just the just most elaborate gaslighting campaign that's ever been well, yeah they like released off. that one preview still image and it was like a navi poking their head out of water and it's just like this badly photoshopped it looked like something <laughs> i made it's like, okay, you've not shot anything. This is like yeah. George R. R. Martin claiming he's almost done with Winds of Winter. It's like, you've not written right. anything. Just say it. Just admit you've not been working on it. You've written nothing but like the three sample chapters that are on your website, sir. Right. We, Which we were know cut from happening. previous books. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we'll, we'll have to revisit this list the next time you're on and see if anything's changed. Yeah. See how much closer we are to Avatar 2. That's all it's been, really. That's all the hype cast has been is a countdown to Avatar 2. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, okay, let's get into trailers. Our first trailer is for a movie that just came out of nowhere, uh, mm. Bullet Train. This is from someone who's directed things. It's from Tim Miller, I think. Is it Oh, not? yeah. The Deadpool. It's yeah. from the Deadpool. Pretty yeah. Sh- pretty sure. You know, I'm almost certain it is. Because I think they say in the trailer, uh, this this apparently has Lady Gaga in it. Is she in the trailer? Now, hold on. It specified the director of Deadpool 2. Oh, that might be... Um, 2, yeah. It's David... Um, David Leitch. Leitch, I think. Leitch? Yeah, he did... He's yeah, he one did of the John Wick Blonde. guys. He did Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, okay. If that helps for anybody. Um and yeah, he he's uncredited for John Wick. I assume he just did the stunts or something. I don't know. Um, what do you people think of that about this? 
Uh, People follow me on Twitter know that I hated this trailer. This is a Brad Pitt <laughs> blockbuster action movie coming out this summer. Like it's right, that's it, coming out in June or something like that. May, right. right, right amongst all the the big the big budget stuff. I think this looks terrible. The the fight choreography, <laughs> everything about how it looks the the way the colors look. This this trailer offended me, and, and maybe it's just I'm just in a mood. Like it's extremely lighthearted. It feels like the kind of thing you shouldn't get mad at. Mm -hmm. Like I thought that little fight scene they had in the booth in the, on the train, I thought it looked awful. I don't know. It's, it reminded me of Jackie Chan, to be honest. I guess the question I have is like, I don't know, Brad Pitt, like he didn't train for martial arts or anything. So that's going to be all like, what, CGI and stunt people, right? Like, Well, I don't know that this is necessarily going to be much of a martial arts film. I don't know what it's going to be. Okay, so sorry. I have to... So the trailer's really holding out. Sandra Bullock's in this. Um, Michael Shannon's in this. He's br he's like in the trailer for a split Is second. He? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like holding a samurai sword. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, it makes I mean... A, that makes a powerful argument in the pro column. Yeah, this is not just a weird little movie. This is a... It's a... It's a big, big movie, major yeah. release yeah. that I've never heard of. I just I, it really rubbed me the wrong way. It because the thing w is with like doing a, like a Jackie Chan style um, fight slapstick stunt work. Uh, so it's incredibly difficult <laughs> to do correctly. Yeah, uh, yeah. right. <laughs> and in fact, I think I believe the number of people who could do it is one. <laughs> Jackie Chan. Uh, and did it by repeating the same stunts hundreds of times. Have you ever watched behind the scenes stuff like his actual movies from his home country? Not like the, the what's the one he did with Chris Tucker? Uh, Rush Hour. Rush Hour. Rush Hour. Yeah, not necessarily the same thing there. But um, but here it's weird because they, they do like the, the he has a gun under the table. Brad Pitt does. And the other guy grabs his hand and pulls his hand forward. And that causes Brad Pitt's head to slam on the table. For some reason, and then the other guy has yeah. his hand typing on a laptop, and Brad Pitt reaches over and slams the laptop closed on his hand, and the guy starts screaming, and his hand is trapped, even though it, like, it's just in a left beer's pressed a laptop closed on it. It's one of those things where like none of the beats, like the physics of them, don't work, even in like the cartoon logic of a Jackie Chan style wacky fight scene. They're still like if you want to see that done well look at the fight scene at the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where it's Brad Pitt taking on the Manson murderers, and he, like, hits one of them with a can of dog food, and it's all very stupid and very... Everything they're doing is ridiculous, but it also looks like it would hurt a lot. Like, the physics of what's happening, it, it still sells it as a stunt and a real thing that happened. And here, it's just so, like, cutesy and... I don't know. It's, yeah, it's almost. I was gonna say it, it feels like almost twee. As yeah, a, as that's a yeah. Movie. Um, another another aspect of that is one of the differences between Jackie Chan would be the massive amounts of cuts they're gonna do, right? Like it for the same reason uh, as you're pointing out. Like they just don't have the time to. Sh they have to do lots of cuts to mask the action and being able to do multiple, or not have to do not to have to sit and do one shot a whole for a whole day but i was gonna say the other part is the colors the colors are very it's the netflix color scheme where everything is like 
kind of a little too bright. Is it over somehow also is that the word? Yeah, yeah I, I don't... somehow also too dark. Where it's like, yeah, oversaturated, but then they turn down the brightness. So it's it's like doesn't feel quite like reality. Um they've just like really treated it in post it feels like it's the uh, the curse of digital photography where it's so easy to do the color correction where it's just i, I guess that they've just got it up on a modern monitor and they can just with some clicks of their mouse they can make it that color uh it's uh man sometimes they go way over, overboard with it yeah if you look at any one still from the trailer which is what i'm doing it feels like it i look at it and i feel like i want to color correct it where i'm like <laughs> there's this like there's this like this like kind of like fog of blue over everything at the same time of it being like everything's colorful but everything's like a little gray at the same time and it's like man if i if i could just take any of these shots and put it into photoshop i can i can fix this right up for you guys if you want <laughs> uh yeah, it's weird. I don't know. It, it still looks fun to me, but yeah, I I get what you're saying. It just it's a weird type of action. It's almost like the Smoke and Aces style too, like that we were doing more in the mid two thousands, where it's like cartoonish mm-hmm. action that's also violent, and that was very hit or miss, like ridiculously so. I would say. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm not quite as down on it. Um as as you two uh simply because yeah how bad can it be with that cast uh the director is you know he's one of the john wick guys so it's like well yeah uh, and he he understands uh, how to do action uh i don't know um let's find this out uh it is it's uh, based off a novel yeah i don't recognize this uh zach Old Old Kwich, don't recognize wrote, his name. They wrote Fear Street Part Two, and they were the producer of Lights Out, and that's it. That's it. Oh, that was the so they're, be- they're that was the best of newcomer. the Fear Street movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, they didn't write Lights Out, so <laughs> it. Uh, the Fear Street also had this look too. I thought it's again, it's the bit. Netflix it color looks, scheme. It looks, uh, yeah, and I think we can possibly i i think you could probably chuck a lot of that up to what jason was talking about it's just in the age of uh digital post-production uh but it does kind of look a little cheap right yes it's a weird apart it, from we the, go... the cat the presence of the cast which again doesn't mean too much now when netflix yeah. is spending hundreds of millions of dollars on original movies uh but yeah it looks a little it, lo- it looks a little cheap it's it's we go through phases you know everything was green for a while mm-hmm. and like and it's funny to me because then you go back and you look at like the 90s or like the 70s and you're like, yeah, just use colors like they, they were doing it for a while. And then once digital, you know, yeah, once we shot in digital, we we're like, oh, we can make this all sorts of colors. And it's like, no, just just the regular ones are fine. <laughs> like unless you're making like a very specific type of movie, uh, you know, just make it like the, the, the regular world, you know, like with your eyes, you look around and you go. <laughs> All right, yeah, make it look like that. You know, like colors. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Un- You've again, seen unless them. you're, d- yeah, unless you're doing something very specific, uh, which this doesn't seem to be doing. 
and it does yeah it i don't it does create like yeah a weird cheapness that's very accurate in my head yeah i don't i I don't i I was still like i did accuse this movie of being twee and and i guess that that this that's still stand by that but uh you know i'm this 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 uh tickled me a little bit um it's just a trailer it's it's it could be just a trailer turn me off it's you know yeah and here's here's the thing think of it this way you do an action movie about like a hitman on a bullet train Mm -hmm. uh nine times out of ten that's like a liam neeson straight to streaming oh yeah right and so like you take that premise and you go well what do we do with this you make it fun you try to make it funny you do you do like that's what they're doing here right uh they're Mm -hmm. trying to do something that's like yeah it seems like the the broad plot is probably pretty straightforward yeah and then they're gonna just try to make the actual moments fun which is like yeah that's what you would do with something like that Mm -hmm. whether or not it succeeds we'll find out uh but yeah it is it's a weird trailer it i think it does some stuff right and it does other things not right yeah i i Um, will agree that the action's a little too slapstick like it doesn't land the way it does in a jackie chan movie where he's you know he's still doing goofy kind of clownish things but you get the sense like when he's flipping that ladder around smacking people you're like yeah that hurts (laughs) and also brad pitt's hat it's hard for me to get past (laughs) that hat no yeah the hat's a big ask yeah yeah it's one of those things only brad pitt could maybe make that right if you saw anyone other than brad pitt wearing that hat you would assume they were buying beer for minors yes yes um well that's a weird hang up i have is when an extremely good looking actor will dress up in some way it's like look we made them nerdy or ugly it's like no you didn't (laughs) you didn't it's just brad pitt (laughs) in a goofy hat you're you're flaunting the fact that he can wear anything like if anything it's anyway all right doesn't diminish his brad pittness we're 34 (laughs) minutes in we've done one trailer all right well let's talk about this next one which i also have a lot to say about which is um the adam project i just yeah this is the ryan reynolds time travel movie he's doing with sean uh, levy again um with his own it's himself it's him as a kid he's got to go back yeah yeah. mark ruffalo is his dad right my only big note about the trailer not about the movie is that like don't don't cover it with people saying it's the next back to the future it's the next ghostbusters because that feels like man like just quietly be the next ghostbusters or back to the future if you have to announce it then you, you, you might not be are you talking about like the the critic polls or whatever the, the blur- yeah the yeah yeah I the blurbs you. again that's the trailer's fault it's not the movie's fault it's just like uh, like i don't know man <laughs> it tells me that they are afraid of something with what they have to show or something that they've has not tested well i i don't believe they have faith in the movie if they're really pushing that where they, they've dug yeah. up some critics quote or whatever instead of just showing us like letting us be intrigued by the cast and the premise and and the visuals and uh, right and i think what they're saying is that it's a mix of sci-fi and comedy right and that's like kind of yeah more something kids can watch which when you look at back to the future you're like wow what the fuck is that film it's you know like film. yeah it's a yeah. The major plot thread involves the main character's mom trying real hard to fuck him 
Right. Um, and so and I think that's what they are saying is like, this is just a lot of stuff. I think a lot of different stuff together. I have a slightly different, but no less cynical take on why they were perhaps littering <laughs> the trailer with those blurbs. And it's because this is an original project. This is not right. based on anything. It's not a pre-existing franchise. So I think the current landscape of, of blockbuster filmmaking is so dominated by franchise culture that it they're scared of people not caring because this is its uh, its original IP. Uh, oh, that's so right. Like, no, it's going to be like Ghostbusters. It's going to be like Back to the Future. You're going to like it. Give it a chance. So, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, like that in that like this uh, uh, it doesn't i'm lukewarm about this movie but that would be great honestly if it succeeded because of that reason <laughs> um like free guys the same way where it's like yeah i didn't like free guy but it was like well it's i mean it's it's the truman show but it is an original story yeah and i i, uh, I mostly so like, i mostly liked free guy sure and so um this is the same people yeah and i feel like sean levy i'm looking at his history it's like he's been desperately trying to do he made real steel uh he directed a lot of stranger stranger things. things yeah yeah it's like he clearly is like hey like he's not he's not complaining about superhero movies he's just quietly trying to make trying to make his own other thing. movies yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um i almost feel bad that like it hasn't really worked at least free guy never re didn't really do much for me real steel on the other hand yeah, it's beautiful. A, it's a perfect motion picture. I don't perfect film. Yeah. Um, I am getting a little sick of the Ryan Reynolds bit that he does in seemingly every movie. Like even this, even this has a little fourth wall breaking moment. Like in this trailer, like a min a minute in, where the young version of himself is asking about, oh, how does time travel work? Is it the parallel dimensions thing and he's like ah we've we've watched too many movies and yeah i don't know it's you, you don't have to you don't have to do that in every single like that's deadpool's <laughs> thing that that's deadpool that's the entire premise of deadpool but it feels like ever since deadpool uh, became the biggest grossing movie ever that it's it's like well people only want me to turn and look directly into the camera uh and make some because that, that was a lot of red notice so it felt like he was just him commenting on how oh, the man, plot made no watch sense that. <laughs> yeah that sounds uh, like a nightmare <laughs> but yeah like remember when he'd do something like the voices which was like a a really weird film uh for him to do like remember yeah he did he he was always kind of this he had a, like he had even a whole, in blade he trinity a, he's he still a 20 year joking. career before deadpool yeah but it does feel like now it's like, listen, Ryan, just literally do the thing, and here's a bag of money, <laughs> uh, and and that's and that's it. And that is yeah. like, I'm scared. I am scared he's gonna sort of fall into that. But at the same time, like, I don't know. There, tons of actors do that. You yeah, know? he's How not the first person to money. Fall does into his he own. need? He has that gin company. He has a cell phone company. He's bought. Isn't he worth like $600 million or something like that yeah, now because of yeah. the way he's invested in all these companies? It's like now's the time to just do 
the incredibly weird movie that no one would allow. Like you could just finance <laughs> it out of pocket, even if a studio doesn't want to make it. You could right. you could fork you could get some of your billionaire friends together and and put together a hundred and twenty million dollars to make the incredibly weird like buy some property only you are a fan of, <laughs> and say you know write some obscure comic that he only he likes. It's like no, I'm just going to make it. I'm going to do the George Lucas thing. I'm going to make it myself. He could do that, and it's just weird. It's like of all the times in your life to get boxed in, you're boxed in now when you have infinite money. Is I yeah. guess you just I guess you never stop trying to make more i don't know i'm not calling him greedy it's just it's like he is this what he wants to do it's I don't know. maybe it is maybe I he think, always dreamed of being this i think there's also an element of like actors will get i i i don't pity him but actors will get stuck right like where they they might even want to do other roles and and they're just not getting those roles as much you know you know, for all we know, he auditioned for like Dune, you know, and they were like, no, thanks. Yeah. Like maybe, yeah, maybe this is just what, what he gets, what works for him, what his agent is pushing on him. Uh, I, I have no idea, but it does feel like it's starting to feel like he has like maybe a personal writer. And then it feels like that writer is kind of phoning it in a little bit of just like kind of writing all the same. I think his personal writer is him. Like, I think what's. Oh, that's What's, true. They're just they. He's getting into these projects where they'll just tee him up. You know, they'll be like, okay, and then right. this is what's going to happen, and then you're just going to do your thing. It's like, all right, yeah, <laughs> just do something funny here. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and if he's tired that day, he's just going to do like a pretty half-assed joke. You know, like yeah. Uh, and and then they're going to call it a day. I don't know. Yeah. And he just doesn't seem to necessarily have the interest in doing like the weird indie movie in between big projects or maybe he is doing them and i just don't don't come across them i don't know maybe he does theater yeah i mean yeah i do i'm looking really want to i do really want to see whatever his like uh, jason mentioned a second ago what if he just did the george lucas thing really want to see his howard the duck whatever that is oh yeah <laughs> the like weird Why not? pet project he's been holding on to in his heart for the past 25 years okay so he is his next project is called Spirited, and it is a musical version of a Christmas Carol where he plays Scrooge. So right. I don't, I, I actually don't think this is going to be indie because Will Ferrell is also in it. It's just, I think it's just another weird ass thing that. Uh, sure. I mean, I, I don't even know. I have no idea what that could be. And then, of course, he's doing Dragon's Lair, Deadpool three. Right, Dragon's Lair. That's a yeah, fascinating he's doing film. Clue. Oh, and Clue. Uh, okay, I mean, sure. Like that's I can see, I can see him working in Clue. Yeah. I can also see that being a disaster. It's really like gonna need more information. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I don't know. It, it I again I want this to work. Um, it's just like there's certain things like the fact that they have that like that specific song in the trailer feels like something that just happens now, right? Uh, like it felt song? like they did that in Free Guy too. I forget what song. Oh, I think um, it's Boston, right? It's um Yeah. It's that thing that we love to do now where and we've been doing this for a while where it's like, "Oh, remember this old song and how great it is? We're going to ironically put it in this movie or trailer." Uh it's it's some it's, you know, it can be done well and it can be done less well because I feel like in this case it's like, "Yeah, everybody knows that song." As opposed to like 
Peacemaker, where it was like, I genuinely don't know these hair, hair metal bands. Yeah. Thank you for introducing me to them. Yeah, well, Jay, that's kind of uh, part of James Gunn thing. James Gunn's thing, which he, you know, it's a Tarantino uh, also. Right. Had, where it's really good at the deep cuts. Right. But then there's the other version where they're like, right. oh, isn't it funny? We put Don't Stop Believing in our trailer. Yeah. It's like, not really. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think I don't think Boston's long time is going to become Don't Stop Believing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the song, though? Yes. Ah. Um, any other thoughts on the Adam Project? It's, it's no, theaters mean, only, right? Like, I guess we should be mentioning for the listeners: Are these coming to Netflix, or are these in theaters only? It's... I think this is this is a Netflix movie, but they are putting it in theaters for like a couple of weeks before it hits Netflix. They're doing the red notice thing, and I think they did it with another couple of like Mank. This is a Netflix, yeah, March eleventh. It's wild now. If you watch other trailers where they literally have a voice come on and go exclusively in theaters, mm-hmm. which is new, you know, it yeah. used to be that you'd assume that. Uh, nope. That's kind of neat. Nope. It is remarkable how quickly uh, our expectations shifted. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, this next trailer is for, uh, <laughs> man, I've been trying <laughs> the, not to the do too many of, of these Dumbledore, trailers. The Secrets of Dumbledore, Dave. <laughs> Yeah, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, that doesn't seem to involve Eddie Redmayne. Like, did they? I mean, he's barely in the last movie. (laughs) Yeah, was it something where, like, was there an audience, a screening where they learned, like, everybody hates his character, uh, and now they're just, like, slowly. Because he was, like, the main character. Yeah, he's the guy that wrote. And there's also no Fantastic Beasts. Like, we've also left that behind. Like, I. We sure have. I think this is another. The, this series, this prequel Harry Potter series, is another thing like the the new Star Wars like we were talking about with Lucasfilm, where it just they they don't know what they want it to be. It uh, for all right, Jason, as you pointed out, it's not it's it, it's not doing bad, but this trailer and this series kind of just like it 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 reeks of desperation a little bit, where they're like, okay, so how do we make how to make this work? Uh, set it at Hogwarts. Uh, cut out the main character and have like hot Dumbledore as the main p- person and that's what they're doing uh, and it's so weird to me like it looks like it's just a Harry Potter movie at this point yeah that's what they want yeah yeah the last one because I thought I thought the second one was such a bomb that they were gonna scrap this because the series was supposed to be like seven movies like that was the contract <laughs> I think yeah. they signed with with JK Rowling was for for seven yeah um or that's going off my vague memory but I remember no, that's it was correct a, yeah. an absurd number because mm-hmm. they basically wanted a new Harry Potter series and that was or it seventh. might be it might be five it's five or seven but it's it's a lot it's a lot. And but then I looked it up and it made six hundred and fifty four million dollars. Now, that's they would prefer that number be one more digit like they would prefer that it be yeah, one yeah. point they want twice that. Yeah. Yeah. One one point two billion or whatever. But that's still 50 percent more than, say, Mad Max Fury Road made worldwide. So yeah, six hundred fifty four million. Still a lot of money. If we ever get to the day when that's not a lot of money, that something strange has happened to the currency. Uh, so well, it's here's a question though how much did it cost to make that movie? half that 
Yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. probably a whole bunch. Yeah. Um, but it's still like like it still finished in front of like worldwide in front of movies that you remember as being hits. Uh, and it was like yeah. number it, worldwide is like number ten overall, and some of those top ten are like movies that came out just in China. Um, so anyway, point being, it's still a franchise that prints money, and so they're just. I'm a little surprised that they didn't rebrand it or something. Like I would call it Potter Potter World or Pottermore or Hog yeah. History of Hogwarts or something that just makes it a more broad. The way some people point out, those of you who watched the Boba Fett series we mentioned earlier on Disney Plus, like they clearly just wanted Star Wars Adventures show. Yeah. Like a show just called Star Wars Adventures, where they could just bounce around and yeah, they could have literally called it, almost, it Tales of the Bounty Hunters. Like it almost yeah, it almost feels like they were a little late. Like I feel like the first one came out before they realized like oh we could have just done a streaming show, and then it, you mean it's this like, this one the Fantastic Beasts, the first one yeah the first and where to find them okay, um like we weren't doing I, I'm sorry I was just clarifying we weren't still talking about Star Wars. <laughs> Oh no, we weren't doing like the Mandalorian yet, right? Right. Like it just it didn't quite occur to them. Like HBO Max wasn't really a thing, and like if they were starting Harry Potter now, I feel like they would dump all their money to doing like, oh, let's do like a Harry Potter series where it all just takes place at the school. And this would be HBO Max if they did it, right? That's who owns. Yeah. Mm This Warner. Yeah. Yeah. I would not be shocked if there's not some something in the lab. Where they're going to say, look, in the long run, we can make more. Because this is all about merchandising. I think the merchandising probably dwarfs. Because even if if people are going back and buying Funko toys of Hermione, even though she's not in this series yet. Right. um, It still drives Harry Potter merchandise. Like, it keeps the brand alive. So, like, even though a fantastic... I doubt many people are buying toys of whatever the main Eddie Redmayne... Uh, Newt Scamander, um, Jason. Newt's, yeah, it, but it, it's keeping it's keeping that like it drives sales of the original books. I don't doubt. So it, they all make a big hunk of cash off this. Yeah. Even if the movie's bombed, I think they would make money. So yeah, in that case, it's yeah. like, well, hell, it might as well be streaming. If it's just trying to keep it in mind, you'll release it every week. You get you know ten straight weeks of attention and toys. Uh, that probably would actually be better, but uh. for sure. Yeah, at this point, it almost feels like, I, I don't know, it, it it's like they still clearly have a fan base, but they definitely haven't, like, like, it doesn't feel mainstream anymore. It feels like they have, like, a, you know, like, who's, I, I don't know, are people taking their kids to this? Are there still people who are finding Harry Potter and, like, joining this fan base? Or is it just that there was so many people, those 10 years of movies, that it's kind of like, yeah, we put this out. We know this percentage of people are going to go see right, it no matter what it riding is. Riding the no matter... residual shockwave at that first, uh, right. which is the biggest thing in the whole world. Yeah. Right. Like It's like Star Wars in like, I don't know, the 90s um, or, or like when the prequels came out. I don't know where it's like, yeah, we know there's just there's going to be people who's, who will see this. Doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Uh, and now that it feels like they're just catering to like the fan stuff too. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's cares about what the world actually is like, and maybe that's never what Harry Potter was like. Harry Potter to me just feels like 
every new Harry Potter, they would just invent a different thing and be like, oh, yeah, this is a thing we could do. Yeah. Uh, and then they'll just get rid of it like it never existed. And there's like no consistency. And so it was all just sort of built on like world building, no matter how illogical that would well, be. Just look at the, the title of this. Like it's called Fantastic Beasts colon The Secrets of Dumbledore. That would imply seeing that out of context, that the secret of Dumbledore is that he owned a bunch of fantastic beasts. Right. Which is or that obviously... Dumbledore's secrets have been a thing that were have been established in the previous films. Right. Yeah, but the way they're having to do this, this format of fantastic beasts, that's the brand, that's the franchise umbrella under which this episode, The Secrets of Dumbledore, is coming out. Otherwise, that title makes no sense. <laughs> Fantastic right. Beasts. Is this the Fantastic Beasts universe? It's like, well, technically the first movie was called Fantastic Beasts, Where to Find Them. God forbid we just release another movie in the series just called The Secrets of Dumbledore. Nobody will know what's going on if we do that. You right. have to have like this this weird thing to so people will find it. I don't know. It, it's, it's sort of like right. the Fast and Furious presents Hobbes versus Shaw. Because if you don't realize this is a spinoff of Fast and Furious, you're just going to be lost. Yeah, that is really bizarre the more I think about it. Because, man. <laughs> it's Because, yeah, Fantastic Beasts, it's not like Star Wars. Star Wars A New Hope, you know? This was like, Fantastic Beasts would have been the, it should have been Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, or something like that, you know what I mean? Where it's like, this is under the Harry Potter blanket, and now it's like a subset where it's like, it's the Fantastic Beasts movies, even though it has nothing to do with Fantastic Beasts anymore. Uh, I just want to see some Fantastic Beasts, man. Just stroll a beast on screen it, and I'll be like, that yeah. looks fantastic. Yeah, it's barely had <laughs> Is there a single beast in the trailer? There's a little so. beast. There's this little tree beast. Oh, sure. and then the phoenix. That's a beast. There's a little okay. phoenix. Yeah. Dum Dum Dumbledore's phoenix shows up in the end. So the yeah. same amount of beasts is what we're in any Harry Potter movie. <laughs> exactly. There's no, not, the beast quotient has not increased. <laughs> uh, the other thing is you'll notice that they've, I guess they cast Mads Mikkelsen in the, is it in the Johnny Depp role or is this a oh, new yeah. role? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. No, they, he's, he is, they just uh, keep swapping that role. Mads. Oh, what is his name? Um, I don't know. Can you uh, not Voldemort? It's it whatever up? other uh, without... uh, Grindelwald. Grindelwald. Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> if you, if if anything, please take this opportunity to go look up Mads Mikkelsen's movies on streaming that he made back in his native Denmark because they are fantastic. And he does the thing where he will take a, a paycheck in America and then go make an interesting movie in Denmark with the same directors and co-stars he's been working with for like twenty-five years. Um, another round is the one that won a bunch of Oscars last time we had Academy Awards. Riders of Justice is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's on Amazon Prime. The Hunt is an actual classic of cinema. Uh, they are great, subtle performances. He is an incredible actor. And then he will come to America and play a Marvel villain <laughs> yeah. and get a giant yeah. payday and go back to Denmark. And as far as I can tell, like he doesn't... He doesn't know what Twitter is. Like he, when people tell him like, yeah, have you seen that meme? He like doesn't know what a meme is. He doesn't use social <laughs> media or own a smartphone. So he's like living the dream. He's yeah. making yeah. actual art that he wants to make. Uh, and then also is very wealthy and then also doesn't care what anybody says about him. Uh, it's wonderful. He's nailing it. He's like Anthony Hopkins. 
act. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, all right, I'll make a Transformers and then I'll make a bunch of uh, Oscar movies. Yeah, it's like a heist. Where yeah. like, <laughs> he just comes here, takes a bunch of money and leaves. Yeah. That also gives everything in the performance. Like he's still going to be... He's going to give you Anthony Hopkins. He's going to he's going to do right. the role. He's, you know, he will show up in Westworld. And he'll be the absolute best thing in that whole series. Um, but then he'll make something that yeah that you haven't seen. Anyway, yep. speaking of uh, you know high quality, uh, <laughs> no, I, br- I bring this trailer. up for a reason. I I'm yeah. setting up this next thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Next trailer. I only put this on because of the poster and Kevin Dillon's both giant and tiny head. Uh, a day it to is. die. His his head it's is both. a his it's head a, is a marvel. It really yeah, is. It's, a, it's one of those photoshops where you look at it and you're like, I can't quite figure out what's <laughs> wrong with it. I just know it, something's it, wrong with it. Explain to people what this movie is, though. This is I've yeah, done sure. I've done a dog zone episode about this, and then Red Letter <laughs> Media just did a whole vi- retrospective video on it. So I guess the word is out now. But this is part of the Bruce Willis. He's in eleven movies this year. According to IMDb, yeah. 11. And there are these ones where he's available for 48 hours. This is a famous thing. He, he, you get him for 48 hours, $1 million a day is what he costs. And then you have to figure out how to make him the star of your movie with what you can shoot in two days. And right. also he like won't do anything very strenuous and he won't do any stunts or anything like that. Right. It's like a film it's like a film school challenge. Like they used to do stuff like that where they're like, You have to make a short film, but you have to use this prop and this prop and here's your theme. You right. Forty eight hours. Does go. It, doesn't like Coppola do that to challenge like he'll just randomly Probably. say, Okay, I can't do this in this movie. Like <laughs> Right. And it's like clear from this trailer and like all of the other clips you see of these Bruce Willis movies he's cranking out right now that he's it's not even just that like you only have 48 hours. You have 48 hours and like a one room like Bruce Willis will yeah. only be in one room. He's not going to leave that location. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this this is a three million dollar, I'm guessing, action movie where two of that million was spent on Bruce Willis. Maybe just one of that million. Um, it's got Frank Grillo in it. It's got, as, as we said, all of Kevin these Dillon. Do. If you look at Frank Burrow yeah. and you look at Bruce Willis or IMDb's recently, they just line up. The two of them have just gone yeah. into business with this assembly line of... Yeah. What's interesting with Grillo, anyway, is... Because I can't speak for Bruce Willis, uh, but Grillo has done a bunch of interviews. Uh, he would do a lot for Collider while I was still working there. And he's pretty upfront about, like, this is just, like, his job to him. Like, he doesn't think about, like... Well, you know, it's like, well, how do you like the art side? Right. Like, he's just like, whatever. It's like, I'm punching in and punching out like this. I'm I'm in movies. So, yeah, these are movies. I got paid to be in these movies. So, so that's fine. Like, you know, <laughs> I yeah, I've budgeted and I've I figured out how much I need yeah. to make a year. And these movies, if I make, you know, six of these a year, then I can, you know, pay pay for my kids then to I, go to school. Yeah, and, then I get a house. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Nobody, go to college. nobody is criticizing him or the camera people or, you know, the people running sound on this. That would be like going to a restaurant and like yelling at the cooks back there. It's like, uh, does the world need more chicken sandwiches? It's like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's my job. That's what you ordered. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like, it, it, you know, it's like I'm not out here trying to break new ground in food. I they, they posted a job and I took it so I can feed my family. Bruce Willis, on the other hand, the whole reason everybody talks about this is that you would assume he's incredibly wealthy because by the end of his superstar career, he was taking these absurd deals where he's getting a cut of the profit. It's not just a 
a, mm. a flat amount of money. He's getting a cut of everything you make. And this guy made many, many, many blockbusters in his career. He didn't make three or four. He made a lot over a long stretch of time. So you, the whole thing is, is like, if he's this tired, can't he just just travel, like just chill out, you know, show up in a, in a sitcom every once in a while or, you know, to, to go, go do, uh, do a talk show or something for fun if you want to stay in the public eye. But why do this? These are the actions of a man who has like gambling debts to the mob <laughs> right. that, that he has to desperately pay off because it seems like it would be such for an actor used to like his lifestyle, his stature. You know, he's been nominated for awards in the past. It seems like it would feel degrading to fly out to whatever, wherever in Canada or in Georgia, Bulgaria. wherever they could. It's usually yeah. Eastern Europe, I think. Yeah, wherever yeah. they've got the cheapest shooting, you know, tax breaks, shooting locations, and then you're there for two days. You're making more money than everyone else on that set combined, and you're like looking them in the eye. He has an earpiece in all these where he's fed his lines. So when he's saying his, like you can see it, it, the earpiece is visible. So when he's saying his lines, there's these pauses in between lines where the producer just read his line because he doesn't look at the script or memorize, like that's part of the deal. I'm not going to read a script in advance or memorize lines. You will tell me the lines, I will say them, then I will go home with, with two-thirds of your budget. So that's the thing. It's like we see why Steven Seagal does it. Like what what else is he going to do with his life? Yeah. Um, it's this or a life of crime. It's like, if anything, this keeps <laughs> Steven Seagal out of trouble. The Bruce yeah. Willis, the whole thing is, is like, well, why does he have to do this? And I don't doubt he makes, well, do the math. He's he's cranked out 11 of these in a year. If he's making 2 million bucks a pop, that's, that's the kind of money you don't sneeze at. But I don't know. It, does he have hospital bills? It. it... I, I mean, it could also just be the same as ryan reynolds where it's like this is just a, a situation that they got in where it's like they're comfortable with it like i also think people have trouble retiring a lot right yeah and so it could it could be a lot of personal things i would say but like it it could come down to like yeah you just someone who doesn't want to retire who just keeps it just gets them out of the house it's just i don't know <laughs> it just doesn't want to be home yeah. Otherwise, it's just going to be cut in his grass. Uh, this this yeah. particular film is Kevin Dillon uh, and his enormous head uh, get attacked, and, and they yet ki- so small and so tiny. He's like little face. Um, yeah, he looks like an illustration of like an Encyclopedia Brown bully. Anyway, these <laughs> uh, his family gets abducted, so he has to turn to his former, I guess, cop friends, and like Bruce Willis is their captain. Uh, and they have to organize a desperate, like, last-minute rescue, and they only have 12 hours to do it, hence the title, A Day to Die. The bad guy, if you noticed, is Leon from Cool Runnings. He's uh, Doris Bannister, the main character. <laughs> Why would I notice that? I don't know. He's also the guy that, like, uh, karate kicks the shit out of Stallone until he gorilla presses him into a stalactite and cliffhanger. Amazing. Well, good for him, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I, I have not seen Leon in a movie since cliffhanger i think <laughs> well he's been in movie i just looked and him he up looks he's the been same. yeah good for leon <laughs> good for leon yeah he's been just doing little stuff i'm looking at his imdb and i haven't heard of half of the things he's in or scratch that i haven't heard of all the things he's in <laughs> except for cool runnings and i guess cliffhanger um and uh yeah i, I don't know good for him yeah good this to- is one more people where it's like yeah it's a job i guess sure 
I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, so uh, everybody check out and go see A Day to Die, I guess. Yeah. Um, you, on a similar you, subject. You might be saving Bruce Willis's feet from getting sawed off by gangsters. <laughs> I, we, we, we really don't know the situation, but it has to be serious. <laughs> yeah. It must be severe. I mean, look and at I this guess, poster. Yeah. And again, also go see Seagal films, if only so he doesn't rob you. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. On the street in an alleyway. Don't the Steven that. Seagal films are much, much sadder. The Bruce Willis films are not funny bad. They're just extremely boring. And, and it's like one of those cases where they only had like 40 pages of script. So there's a lot of people just like walking to the location of the next yeah. scene. Um, the Steven Seagal thing, like he clearly has difficulty walking at this point because he's not in good right. shape. And I'm sure he's lived a hard lifestyle. Um, so it's a lot of him sitting down and then they cut to an, a stunt man that weighs a hundred pounds less doing the fighting as supposed to be him <laughs> and it's shot from the back. And then it cuts oh, back no. to him, his face <laughs> reacting to the thing his stunt man just did. And it's, it's, uh, it's hard to watch. Uh, yeah. that sounds brutal. It's, I mean, he, he's always done that, <laughs> but it's more noticeable now. Right. Like there's this, I just wrote about uh, I one of them, like Marked for Death or something. It's one of his early ones where he's fighting a bunch of, uh, uh, like a like a voodoo priest. Um, <laughs> uh, they're always drug dealers. Anyway. It was a different uh, in, time. Yeah, in these movies. Yeah, it was a whole other thing. <laughs> but like there's, there's several moments where it cuts to what is clearly a stuntman in a Steven Seagal wig. <laughs> so. Beautiful. Yeah. Just to do the simplest fighting. So it's, yeah, he, that's always been Seagal's bag. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Next trailer is for Cliff Beast 6, The Battle for Everest, which is actually a fake trailer mm -hmm. for, I guess it's called The Bubble. Yeah, this is the the Judd Apatow movie that they he made during lockdown that is a spoof of jurassic world three uh, huh. it, it's like a this is the one you remember we got all excited about this because david duchovny is playing jeff goldblum in this movie basically he sure is yeah so i do it's, enjoy it's the jeff gold or david duchovny yeah. playing jeff goldblum so this movie was inspired by the cast of jurassic world three being locked down in a hotel during covid but the movie okay. takes place like in the hotel it's not this the movie is not a parody of the the actual special effects because no. this has a budget of like ten million dollars something like that like this is yeah. going to be right. about a bunch of actors getting cranky with each other. Mm -hmm. I would prefer right. I would have preferred to have just seen a trailer of that. Yeah, because the clip they released there's a couple of clips that they've got on YouTube to promote this that are kind of it's like fake promotional material for the movie they're making, but it's not the movie they're making isn't fun or interesting or anything so it's just i don't know i don't get the point yeah they play it straight what bothers what bothers me is that it just doesn't feel like they're they're parroting the right thing either like i it, like if you like they this looks like they're parroting sci-fi original series because they like didn't Cliff have Beast the budget Six. to make it look like Jurassic, right. Jurassic world three or whatever and i actually and, and, like there's a few things that frustrates me because i always thought there'd be a funny series in a fake behind the scenes documentary for like a big budget film so like you could do it all where they're shooting on green screens you know like a fake star wars prequels basically um but like you have to get it right and it sounds like they just had a hotel 
and it, yeah it sounds like it's not it's not about the movie itself uh it's about just the people bickering with each other i guess uh and then the movie itself doesn't feel like a correct parody of jurassic world 3 so it just it like it all feels a little off you know and then like i don't know i was watching the behind the scenes where it's like interviews with them and stuff it feels like they didn't do second takes like it, it real, it just feels like they were all in a hotel, and they were like, "Let's shoot something." Yep. And they didn't like. Is that is is that what happened? <laughs> I've I, got a feeling it was just a goof th- to like, keep everybody busy. Like that's the kind of yeah. thing you can do if you're Judd Apatow and you got a lot of people yeah. at work or who are not working because you know their productions got shut down. So we just got some people together, and that's fine. I, it's I don't, yeah. right, and like the sound feels wrong. Like the actual audio in the clips it's like oh they didn't have like a sound person there or they didn't have the best equipment uh and so i don't know it's it's almost like i i kind of want them to go back and do this again because it's not a bad concept it's, a good, it's not it's a, a bad concept it's a fun idea yeah yeah but it just feels like they kind of half-assed it a little bit right right I don't know, see, like, it also kind of feels like watching this it's like well we got this we got this already it was tropic thunder and that kind of nailed it yeah I would I would argue Tropic, Tropic Thunder as much as I like it did the same issue with me with um Ben Stiller's movies his fake movies where those also didn't feel like real parodies of like mainstream blockbusters like it feels whenever they try to do that it always feels a little toothless you know what I mean because where those they make are it like, movies their actual friends have made yes and exactly they're not, they're not gonna re- go hard and uh, like making exactly. fun so of. they're always vague yeah they're not gonna yeah and they're and they're always like too cheesy they don't they don't actually yeah they don't actually make any commentary about that in what they do they just make it look over the top uh and this is the same thing to me where they're like they like in the five minute thing they keep talking about it like it's this worldwide phenomenon but like the posters and shots are all designed after like tremor sequels they look it looks like sharknado yeah, and it's like it doesn't work. The parody isn't working because you're not doing the thing. Yeah, uh, you can't say this actress is world famous and then you show the poster and it's a Sharknado. It's like, well, which is it? Uh, so I don't know. It's they need to like again. I, I feel like they should just do it again. <laughs> <laughs> same cast, same crew. That's all good. Yeah, it's a great cast. Yeah, just like write it first. <laughs> Yeah, I but, don't know. I don't have anything. I also don't really care for Joe Hapitow. So, right, <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, Wait, what's the yeah. last? What's the last really good movie he's made? Uh, I don't know. The last movie of his I saw because I sort of dropped off with him, and I, I'm also not. I'm pretty neutral on him. I know like his stuff got pretty problematic after the fact. Like forty year old virgin, I suspect is, is unwatchable is, now. It is unwatchable. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen it since. Um, I think I saw This Is Forty, but I don't quite remember it. I think the last movie that I <laughs> that genuinely real, watched This Is Forty is real bad. Yeah, the the last movie that I actually remember is Funny People, and Funny People was fine. Uh, it, but then This Is Forty, I remember sort of zoning out for, and then I didn't see Trainwreck. Or the other one, he did oh. the King of Staten Island. Yeah, I forgot. Uh, I forgot he did Trainwreck, uh, which I didn't see, and I haven't seen the King of Staten Island either. So, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I guess he's, he's off our radar because I <laughs> you, you named a bunch of movies I've never heard of. So I he's he's doing some documentaries now. Um, he did a Carrie Shandling documentary, which sure. Yeah. He's also doing a George Carlin documentary next. Uh, I don't know what that means. I think he's also kind of just producing a lot, right? It's what is his primary role. Um, yeah, for his, most of his career has been producing. Yeah, like Freaks and Geeks, and you know. Right. Yeah, he's doing great. He's doing fine. Yeah, he's doing fine. I mean, like, just of his personal, the stuff he is personally directed, I don't really care for. And, like, his, the Apatow style of comedy, I don't really care for. So it's like, eh. it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's sort of, it's sort of um, come and gone, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I think so. But it, uh, I don't know. I really like this premise. It just, yeah. And so far, nothing in the promotions. Like there's I yeah I didn't laugh once and again the cast is amazing we didn't mention Pedro Pascal's in it, uh, like it's it's a fucking great cast. I I just it just yeah. So far, are, are, nothing, are they nothing. serving as a cast or are they just do they just get together and make yeah it, did they just like improv just, yeah they just goof around and I don't know That's yeah fine. I don't know I don't know man um. Uh, uh, next trailer is for where are we? Master. Uh, I'm trying to remember. This is a horror movie, right? Yeah, this is the one about. Uh, this is with Regina Hall. Um, with that it appears to be flashing f- between two different timelines, or her as a, a student, and then her later as the I think the headmaster of a school. I quote based uh... on the description. I think they are. That's not the case. They're two different characters. Oh, they're two different characters. About, okay, it was a, a little hard for me to. F- follow because it's like well it's because there's it's portraying like two different kinds of racism there there's the new headmaster dealing with the power structure and then there's a student dealing with catching it from other the the white other white students and then the place is haunted in some way that i would assume ties into race or the the history of the place and how like that shadow looms over the present and it you can see clearly see like the symbolism in it but it's just it's like a lot of horror trailers these days where they I, they don't want to give away uh, too much. I get that. And that that's better than the alternative, definitely. That it, yeah. it puts them in a place where they kind of have to juice the editing of the trailer to like manufacture scares. Like they'll add soundtrack and, and stuff that to kind of create atmosphere because it's hard to convey in a trailer, especially if the movie you're trying to promote is like a slow build psychological horror type thing it's hard to cut that into a trailer i i can imagine it's a nightmare trying to so it's just so hard to judge we've got another one a little bit later um mm-hmm. this kind of one... got the same problem like it may be this may be like an oscar type movie for all i know i just don't for the trailer doesn't tell me a lot about what the movie is that was what was kind of incredible about this trailer is i i'm not even sure if it's there's ghosts it was a it was almost it 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 withholds so so much yeah that i just don't know what the threat is it's the trailer is essentially a woman walking around being scared of her shadow like it, it like it, just I mean, sort of like in an admittedly creepy ass campus in a creepy way yeah yeah but it's it, not a it's, criticism it reminds, no not at all it just reminds me of a parody i always wanted to do where you release a two-hour-long horror movie full of fake-out scares <laughs> and nothing ever actually happens. Perfect idea. Um, yeah, 
And that's what the trailer is where I'm like, I'm waiting for like the thing to happen, the inciting incident, and it never quite happens. And then the trailer's over, which, yeah, isn't a hit against the film at all. I, I in fact, am intrigued by this and I want to see it. Um, it was just interesting to see that in a trailer where it's like, oh, they really don't want us to know what this is about. Yeah. Uh, so cool. And I mean, we really don't. <laughs> yeah, super don't. If you can't tell. Yeah. Uh, but it, I, Jason, I suspect it is exactly what you're saying. Um, I think there's like a, maybe a culty aspect, some racist ghosts or I something. I suspect there's no supernatural. I suspect it's going to turn out that they, what they're finding out is that it's other students doing some sort of, uh, I don't know, a thing that it's where oh, it's that's like, well, the real ghost is the racism, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll, I think it we'll might see. be the other way. If you guys saw Seance, Seance was a slasher and ghost movie which is like a hell of a thing. Like they usually just pick one. And I'm wondering if this is similar where it's like, there's a few things. Um, I guess that's not unusual. Uh, there's that, there's a genre of like the ghost haunting you because he wants, they want you to know who killed them. And then you have to deal with that aspect. But yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's an effective trailer in that I want to see it, but you're right that and i think even more so with the trailer we're going to talk about it is doing all the things right like just all the things that horror movie trailers love to do now Mm -hmm. which is you know weird weird sounds uh specific editing uh musical cues and stuff to signify scares that aren't that aren't actually there yeah i mean yeah it's it's the same as whenever trailer had the inception noise yep yeah 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 it's for me it's specifically i don't remember if it's in this trailer it is in the one that we're going to talk about it's that like clock sound like that tick 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 in a trailer they love that right now in horror movies um but before we talk about that let's talk about hit the road um i don't know what possessed me to put this on the dock except (laughs) that it's iranian it's an iranian little miss sunshine and i was like i was like i don't know why but i like this uh this is this is better than I would say the original uh, little bit. I mean, it's not an actual remake, but it's the same like quirky family road trip on a road right? trip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have much else to say about it, except like, I don't know. It looks like a, an actually kind of decent indie. Well, yeah. Family drama. There's not much to the trailer. It's it's really just a lot of landscapes uh, of, of where they're driving, but it, it looks great um yeah yeah i thought it was fun when they hit that guy oh yeah i, th- I thought that was fun <laughs> yeah uh, like i i i don't know for the listeners to to pull back the curtain a little bit sometimes uh david will put a trailer uh, on the dock here that when you look at it it literally has like 834 views yeah <laughs> not 834,000. it'll have like like we will be among the first people to have seen the trailer and it was posted eight months ago so right. it's not just that these are smaller movies. He is truly unearthing movies you would not have heard of otherwise. This is called Hit the Road, and it, <laughs> yeah. it looks beautiful. Like every location it looks like it looks gorgeous. It looks like they really wanted to show off the landscape, presumably of their home home country. Um, but it's it's stunning and tells you very little about what the movie's about. But I suspect that. It's a true, it looks like a true road movie. Like it's celebrating this 
place they're traveling across and right. all the quirky things that occur, happen to you. Yeah. And I often I often run into trailers with like 400 views, but they usually look like shit. Yeah. And so it's just like whenever one looks like I was I watched this I'm like, "Oh, they like had a crew and like they spent money and they made made a real movie. Um people should should check it out. Maybe, you know, it's a foreign film so maybe it's you know, it's advertised more um overseas, but I don't know. It's just yeah, it's one where it's like this isn't quite a movie that deserves more hype. Only because it's like, yeah, it's a quirky family comedy, but it, you know, looks kind of fun. Presumably, would show up on streaming services here. That's another modern marvel. To go back to the very first thing I said in the podcast, like the, there's access to movies like this that would have been unthinkable when I was a teen. Oh yeah, like it would never. You, there's no way. Like even if you subscribe to some sort of indie film magazines you would be talking about trying to order a copy of a VHS for literally $200 to be imported from somewhere. The idea that you could just click something and then watch this movie made in Iran or watch these Mads Mikkelsen movies made in Denmark. Like those would right. never have passed in front of your eyes. Yeah. I used to, I used to um, go into like, we had one of those like really pretentious indie video stores and they had a basement with like a cult section. And they also just had, a bunch of different countries and I would go down there with a friend and we would just randomly grab them uh, because it's like, yeah, that's, that was the only way to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I did uh, not have that. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, everybody check out that trailer. Um, yeah. There's, there's something about the, I, I appreciate movies that are, that are kind of about the, the, the meditative beauty of wide open spaces. Yeah, or a place of yeah. a place you'll never go to yourself. Like that's one of the things about all of the South Korean movies is you just see South Korea and it's like, oh, this, this you, is stunning to look at. <laughs> like just uh, one of the um, the coolest ones I've seen like that was a movie called. Uh, this is like the subtitle. I can't pronounce the actual, but it's the Fast Runner. It was a movie uh, done by like an Inuit. Uh, I don't want to say like a tribe, but it was done like in a, in an area of the world that's so cold that no one wants to be there, you know? Uh, and it's just a drama that they all, and it's like the actual tribe and the people, and a lot of them are very good actors. Uh, and uh, it was just a, it's like a full on narrative that I remember being, re thinking was really good. It had like a really good chase scene in it where a guy is chased on the ice while completely naked uh, it's just a kind of wild, weird film. Uh, and this kind of reminds me of that only because it's like a beautiful part of the world. Uh, and these people just telling kind of a, a, a drama, a small story in that. And it's, yeah, it's a place that I never would have seen otherwise. The movie you just referenced, where, what service did you see it on? I went to that video store and I got a VHS. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um but like if you if you google the fast runner it does come up immediately and apparently it's on apple tv i think it's per i think it's actually not a like i think this is probably a fairly mainstream film like i i don't think um like it's got five thousand plus ratings on rotten tomatoes so i shouldn't act like this is some like little indie thing that i ran into uh it, it might have even gotten like buzz when it first came out for all i know uh it came out in early 2000s but yeah it's around on apple tv i watched it a long time ago so i don't quite remember it 
Um, all right. Well, next trailer is <laughs> Uma. Yeah. This is a uh, this is the trailer that's what we're talking about, where it's very trailerly, trailer e horror trailery. Mm-hmm. But the movie itself looks pretty fucking I'm fun. Pretty into this movie, yeah. As uh, trail trailery as it clearly is, super into it. Yeah, I mean it's it's a a woman who's her her and her daughter are living together. Um, and she's like sheltering her daughter, it seems, and they're beekeepers. Mm-hmm. And then she gets some sort of box from her mom that like implies some sort of it's very like hereditary where it's like it's implies some sort of curse. Yeah, it's she gets her mom's ashes and it's clear that she had a terrible relationship with her mom. and She was trying to forget her, but like she's being impressed upon by some el- older family member. Pro- does not appear to be her father, maybe like an uncle or something. But anyway, really forcefully giving her her mother's remains to enact her final wishes. And she doesn't want to do that because her mom sucked and they had a terrible relationship. And all car- all kinds of weird, creepy things start happening and 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 her relationship with her mom starts to get reflected in her relationship with her daughter. Uh, and there's creepy bee stuff. Uh, I don't know. It looks good. I'm into it's it. It's Sandra O. It's Sandra O. Yeah. It's all tied into this cultural stuff. Like it's, it's all tied into the mythology of her. She, she's of the Korean descent. I, I assume that's what she's playing, but it's, that's what makes it it's a much richer story than just oh we found a weird artifact in a junkyard like it's it has to do with all the stuff about ancestor worship and and the like the emotional weight of it and all of that right because uh she's uh like in and like she's like married to a white guy right in the movie so i think some of that ties ties in mm-hmm. my theory is uh because i i don't know maybe it feels like they scream it at us um is they say like don't ever become your mother like is that the idea that the mother's ghost is trying to possess her and like the idea is this is like a thing their family does like that's why she's sheltering her it's symbolizing that that's the real fear that the yeah horror is tying into is the fear of becoming like the but it's definitely uh, a it's definitely about trying to break that cycle 100 percent. yeah and uh, i think the guy she's with is termit Mulrooney. is that true oh maybe um, he's in this <laughs> he's in this movie he's credited so and i think he's the only white guy in the imdb credits so then it's probably him just, yeah maybe she's just like doesn't like him specifically you know she's just like she thinks she can do better oh the mom do it yeah. like yeah <laughs> She's like, come on, young guns. He's not even Dylan like, McDermott. Can... He's Dermot yeah. Mulroney. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this looks yeah, it looks super fun. <laughs> the uh the poster for this, I which I saw before I watched the trailer, is like Sandra O's character, but she's like her face is like transforming into like a gross zombie witch thing. Yeah. Um I was trying to like it's a it's dead mom face yeah 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 she's got the dead mom face yeah and i saw that and my first this is it may sound strange but yeah it because like her eyes are blackened out and i was like wait is sandra oh has hollywood decided that she's reached an age where she can only play 
gross grandmother monster <laughs> because I don't know if I'm getting old, but it's like, am I not supposed to find Sandra O oh attractive anymore? Is she now right. gross, gross grandma? Because I'm not at that place yet. <laughs> Uh, it's like it's like the Aunt May thing where they just kept making them younger and younger, because <laughs> uh, it's just like no, we can't have like an older uh, woman have a role. Well, <laughs> like, I'm, we I'm just saying, gotta, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that they've not like when she goes to be cast for things, they're like, well, well, you could play gross grandmother, but right, exactly, like, you're not going like... to play anybody's love interest, not not at your disgusting at like 45 or something uh, yeah yeah, I, yeah i think she's younger than me it's like i yeah, yeah i don't <laughs> okay yeah i'm not ready to buy her as gross grandmother yet but I, maybe i should go look in a mirror and find that i'm entering gross grandfather maybe i also maybe that's uh but no i'm obviously my point is we have uh, terrible news jason you've just been cast as uncle ben that's <laughs> uncle ben <laughs> uh yeah this the, i'm i'm getting to the age where i can look up like a movie like cocoon and find out that i'm like two years younger than what wilford brimley was in that movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not not literally it's but it's bummer. real close or that like mr miyagi was only like 47 when he made karate yeah. kid <laughs> it's uh, that yeah that happens a rather. lot where it's like it, it really does feel like in the 80s and 90s people just looked older because there's certain actors where i'm like how are they not dead and then I look up their age, and I'm like, "Wow, they're they're like 60." Yeah, what like, the Ted Danson yeah. when he did Cheers was like 29 or something. And you're yeah. like, "Oh my god, that that was a show about children." Like Cliff Cleveland, yeah. <laughs> like like that actor was like 32. It's like right. these were. I have people who are that age who I would not trust to borrow my car because they're too immature. <laughs> And these are supposed to be like grizzled middle-aged people burnt out on life. And, and you look now, you look at like George went back then. It's like, geez, that's... You gave up pretty early. <laughs> he could be my son. Could... I could, I, I, like, I could, it, like today, somebody that age would still be playing video games online. And Right. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, final trailer. Uh, Y'all knew this was coming. Uh, everybody's talking about it. It's Amityville in space. And this is another one where, without the title, the trailer gives away so little, mm -hmm. I yeah. wouldn't know without the title Amityville in space. I wouldn't know what like the exact premise was, because it's all about the hint of the horror and never fully showing you. Mm -hmm. Right, right. It's a real slow burn. Yeah, it does an excellent job, really, of hold of, of withholding just enough information to keep from spoiling the movie, but enough to, mm -hmm. to get you hooked. Like, you yeah. would not know that a lot of this is supposed to be in space. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, the space was a reveal. It looks an awful lot like someone's living room. You would never be able to detect that it was I, a spaceship. People that have not, we've covered Amityville blank trailers before because I asked in our previous episode to solve the mystery of apparently there's no Amityville license. So anybody can make a movie or in this case, I think just a YouTube video. Some <laughs> dudes made, some frat guys made in their house and call it the Amityville whatever, because I guess you can't trademark the name of a town. 
Is yeah, that the deal? I, that makes that, sense. Like, no yes. one has the rights, even though they're showing that like, specific house, like the Amityville house. Like for some reason, whatever. The point being, it's it's in the public domain. Like there's no one enforcing the copyright, and so somebody, I wouldn't even call these direct to video uh, because otherwise, like the video, the videos I make of myself sitting here for YouTube, I would call that a direct to video release. Like no, it's something you put on YouTube. This is something these guys put on YouTube. Like, yes, they shot. I would say the sorry, the the, the reason you can't copyright. I would say it's like the Titanic, right? Like the Amityville story is a real thing. So, like, I guess they could probably get away with saying like, oh, no, it's it's an adaptation of like a real life story. And maybe you can't copyright like the design of that house, which is the only like there's no character there's no amityville monster that you're having to trademark or or whatever it's right the name of a town and and the shape of a house and like there you go i think you can even do because like i'm I'm sure blueprints are are copyrighted um yeah that's a point of fact that's like the entire point of the fountainhead right anyway uh Like, I think you could get away with, like, changing the smallest detail on the house and being like, it's a completely right. new house. <laughs> Do people realize that when you play the Spider-Man games on the PlayStation 4 and 5, that the reason the Freedom Tower is replaced by another building is because they did not have the copyright to display an image of the Freedom Tower? I didn't know that. That's pretty wild. That is a copyright issue. They could not get the rights to portray it in their game, even though it's a mm. physical building that exists in the real world. You would think, well, that's it's public. It's a public space. Like, nope, they don't have the rights to the design, so they could not put it in the game. That's why there are, seeing... there are some buildings that are one-for-one recreations, and there are some buildings that are fictionalized. We won't be seeing Freedom Tower in space anytime soon because of that no. unfortunate copyright. Unless they're ruling. into that. That's true, yeah. My but. favorite shot from Amityville is there's a close-up of a man who, I don't know what the line he says, but he's wearing sunglasses. And he's, I think he's supposed to be on the spaceship. Yeah. It's because he, like a he cardboard computer behind him. Yeah, and his the sunglasses... The wildest part is the sunglasses appear to also be cardboard <laughs> or fake in some way. They are painted like they you can see that someone took a marker and like just basically painted them. And he's wearing like a spacesuit that you can kind of just see like a foam like pad around his neck. Um, and yeah, like what appears to be like they couldn't even afford a computer screen in the background. Uh, this is. I think this is a combination of we shot. Yeah. They shot it entirely in a house. Right. And then they purchased online. You can purchase like CGI footage. So you just like purchase like a spaceship. Right. Um, and that's it. <laughs> and that's how you make the movie. That's that's it. Um, I, I think the premise is sound, though. All things considered. Yeah. Teleport Amity- the Amityville house into space. And I don't know. The, the and then, alien emperor from Toy Story is there and. Yeah, it's Jason X. Like it's, it's then it's like you find this house floating in space, and look, the ghosts aren't going anywhere. Just because they're in space doesn't mean they aren't haunting the house. The ghosts are probably really happy to see somebody, to tell to get out of the house. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I'm just saying the the logic is sound, of the movie. Yeah, no, it's airtight. Yeah. I, 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 I assume the script is it just fits together perfectly. Yeah. I would also love if 
I went to watch this and the actual movie and found that it was like three and a half hours long. Yeah. <laughs> it was just epic Dune type length. Just... Yeah. I tell you what, a movie that looks like this is either 60 minutes or three hours long. Right. <laughs> yeah, maybe they have a lot to say. Maybe yeah. it was just they couldn't cut anything out. There's a lot of ground to cover in space, Dave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's big. Uh, let's get into moose, st- new moose stories, new stories. Uh, very, very moose quickly. I, I, I do feel the need to say this because somebody may point it out. If you and your friends or if us on this call were to get together and make a feature full length feature film that looks exactly of the quality of this, you would still find it is a gigantic pain in the ass to make it. <laughs> <laughs> this was the thing that are the RLM guys keep trying to emphasize when they made like space cop, their, their do it yourself movie they made on whatever they crowdfunded like a hundred thousand dollars, whatever. He's like, it is a giant pain in the ass to make a movie, any movie. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It is a giant oh, pain yeah. in the ass. So th- this is still the product of somebody's, a ton of work they did presumably these guys are not professionals and did it right. after after work from whatever job they do so hey they made they made a thing they made a thing right. I've, I've never made a movie myself so uh it looks like they had a lot of fun doing it i'm happy for them it reminds me of when the south park guys made team america and they're like how hard is it to parody uh uh what's his name michael bay with like puppets and then in the making of they were like this is this is actually really hard. Yeah. We don't know how he does it with like it is, regular. It is the hardest sets. thing we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is actually. Um, all right. Well, let's get into news stories. But first, we have some more producers to thank. Yeah. Big thank you to Chester's Profit. Mm. Thank you very much. Thank you to definitely not Garamel Del Toro. Mm. We'll see. Thank you to Brian, who Tom knows. Sure do. Uh, thank you to Bob Grenville. Thank you to Steven. Thank you to Han Toomey, the confused cyborg. Thank you to Asking7. Mm. Thank you to Happy Ed 209. All Thank right. You. Let me swoop in here. Thank you to Tiger George Pratt Thompson. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Beautiful. Thank you to Dan Hackroyd. Thank, Thank you. Thank you to Manischewitz Maltov says the spice must flow, comrades. Thank, Thank you. Thank you to E.T. the Extravagant Terrestrial. Thank, Thank you. Thank you to Cody Johnston's Time Machine Noise. Thank, Thank you. Thank you to Pete Fort Pagel. Thank you. Thank you to Glitterous, CFO of Michael Shannon's Chocolate Factory. Thank you. Thank you to pre-order Jason Parge's new book. Pre-orders are super important. It's true. Woo. Thank you. Um, that that guy's so, that guy's on here every week, Jason. Not not just weeks that you're on. Yeah. Oh, and, and we're pretty sure it's not just you, yeah, right? Pretty that's sure you. it's not you. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I do, I do appreciate people that are patient with the fact that I start promoting my books literally ten months out. There is a reason for it. Yeah, you gotta. <laughs> it, it is the way the way book publishing works now. If you can accumulate a couple hundred sales a week leading up to release, that is, if you want to write books full time, I'm telling you, you have to promote it for like two straight years. That is the only way. There's too much media out there, and there are too many other things for people to spend their money on. And I, I, when I do like a Reddit AMA or something. And then people will say, oh, yeah, so John dies at the end. Guy, I've seen that movie. The most common thing I hear is, oh, I didn't know you wrote more books. After uh, that, you just, it is hard to reach people. The only way is to just keep repeating it over and reach a few more people every time and then hope they tell yeah. a friend. It is hard to break through the noise. So 
Yeah. The the reason Spread I can write books as uh, right be a full time novelist as my job and and pay the mortgage with it is because I promote them relentlessly. <laughs> it is. It is 80% of the effort that goes into writing books. 20% of writing the book, the other 80% is telling people about them. Um, well, let's, uh, we should talk about Pop-Tarts, right? Yeah, probably. I yeah. mean, News, yeah, let's do news that. News came that Jerry Seinfeld is directing, producing, and starring in a film about the origin of Pop-Tarts. Yeah. yeah, this is actually... We, so we've known about this apparently since June of last year. And um, it's now just... We got some... I forget what the new news was I think it got picked it. up by Netflix. Got it. Yeah. Um, so why is this happening? So That's, I looked yeah, this you, you up talk about because that, I wondered if there was some crazy story. Like the thing with the Ray Kroc. What was the name of that movie? The Founder. That, yeah, if there was not some crazy backstory behind it, because I thought it'd be hilarious if this movie came out with like an NC-17 rating, <laughs> and it turned out there was just mm. the, the nastiest sex and like multiple people were murdered or whatever. The only thing I could find is buried in the Wikipedia page for Pop-Tarts is that Post, um, who's not Kellogg's owns Pop-Tarts, but Post actually announced a toaster pastry they had come up with the technology to make a toaster pastry and that it was going to be coming out soon and then it got delayed and then kellogg's just went ahead and slapped together their own version in about six months and actually got it to market first and therefore dominated the market because pop tarts became the name of the the product you know right but it wasn't I've looked for like an oral history of it. There, there's not like any cloak and dagger craziness that I've found. It's just what companies do all the time. Somebody announces a thing, they get some buzz, and they're like, well, well, we'll have to make our own version of that. Like that's routine. That's how most things are invented. Oreo cookies are a ripoff of an, an, another cookie. Um, so, but there's not like, there, there wasn't like a lawsuit over it or anything weird that I could find. So it's, Maybe it's possible this is a fictional origin of Pop-Tarts based on some extremely stupid idea Jerry Seinfeld had and nobody can say no to him because he's a billionaire. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe it's it's more—I don't see where there was like a book written about it. You know what I'm saying? I don't— Right, and I don't— Maybe there's like some—maybe there is some story and it's just like the general public doesn't know much about it. Like, uh, um, okay, And you think th Jerry Seinfeld like uncovered it? Well, no, I think it, maybe he knew somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody or heard the story from somewhere. I don't know. And it was, it, this kind of made me think of like that movie that I think was William H. Macy. It was about the or, no, or it might have been Greg Kinnear, um, but it was about the guy who invented the, the windshield wiper. Windshield wiper, yeah, right? the automatic windshield yeah. wipers. Yeah. yeah. Who got fucked over for it. Yeah. 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 But yeah. I always wonder, like, how how allowed are you to talk about the companies in the movie? I assume if what you're saying is completely true. And you can legally back it up, then it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Then you can you can tell because it it's like, well, this is just a thing that happens. As much it, it it usually depends on how comfortable you are with pissing off that brand. Right. Um. In this case, like, I don't think Jerry Seinfeld is going to take down Pop Tarts, right? No, he, he loves he with... loves breakfast food. Exactly. Um. And he, he, like, apparently he made, I'm reading this, he made some sort of Pop-Tart joke on Twitter at one point. 
So I could see like it's one of those weird things where like he made a joke and like Pop Tarts like reached out to him or something. Um, I have, well, I, have, I mean, fuck, well, I don't know. B movie came about because he joked to Steven Spielberg. It would be funny if you had a movie called B movie, you know, like B, like letter B, you know, type movie, but it was about bees and he spelled B E B movie. And then Steven Spielberg like called him up a few months later. It's like, yeah, we're ready to go into pre-production on your B movie idea. It's like, what? <laughs> no, that was a joke. It's like, no, we're we're doing that. I've I've told them and told them you're attached. And it's like, all right, so now we have to come up with a premise <laughs> for this animated movie about bees. And like, that's that's all. There, that's why that movie is a disaster because there was no right. actual idea behind it or anything they wanted to say. It was just this. It's also started with the title and yeah. then they worked backwards. Of course, that's of course that movie yeah. obviously began with the. The other sig- really significant thing about that is it's the only movie Jerry Seinfeld has ever done. He doesn't do right. movies. He's never done them. Uh, so like this, well, will, this will be the second movie he's done. Yeah, it's the and I, get, I kind of I get B movie because if Spielberg calls you up and it's like. So we're doing this. I'd be like, I all right. right. I mean, and sure. If, if Jerry Seinfeld was going to do a movie at the height of his like mainstream power and popularity, it would be some dumb shit like B movie, right? Because that's that's funny to him. Like that's his sense of humor. Like he's like, wouldn't it right. be funny if I did this B movie? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how much of this he because he's co-wrote it with two other people, and I feel like it's maybe just like two guys in a room having to listen to Jerry Seinfeld throw stuff out. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he's a dedicated writer. I don't know. Um, this Variety article has the line which I love. It's its own paragraph. They made it. They separate it from everything else, and it's one sentence that says production on the breakfast-based project is set to start next spring. And th- th- I don't know. Something about that really tickles me. It's just uh, in a vacuum. That's I. I feel like I'm going nuts reading that. <laughs> I mean. You know, how much time do you think the writer of that article, <laughs> they, they had, they had eight minutes to write that, to write that. Yep. Copy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I used to, no, no. I used to crank that's a bunch a... of those out. I can tell you yeah. exactly how much time they had to write that well, article. They have yeah, no memory in... of writing that. Yeah. It's not an inaccurate <laughs> sentence. That's why I love it. Cause yeah, he's making, he's just gonna, he's making a movie based on a breakfast, uh, treat, I guess. And that's the movie. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's great to be in a place in your life when you can get anything made on a whim. Yeah. As long as you keep it. Like he couldn't do it if you told him like it's going to cost two hundred fifty million dollars. But if you if you oh, got your name attached, and, yeah, what if it did? <laughs> um, but if Pop you got your name attached and you can bring it in on a reasonable budget, that you could just get anything made. And there's so many people out there who friends of ours people on this yeah. podcast who have projects there they would love to see get made it's like it's nice that jerry seinfeld can just roll out of bed one day yeah. like wouldn't it be funny if we made a whole movie about pop tarts and people are like that would be funny jerry here's 20 million dollars yeah he has, <laughs> he has far more money than most aspiring filmmakers will ever have to work with uh but anyway all right uh, it may, so we already maybe talked it's about... good anyway yeah it could be. What if it's great? It what could if it's, be. It could be. We just, what if next this time next year we're yeah. like, wow. What if there? Of course, it was nominated. Yeah. Like obviously. What if there really is an interesting story behind yeah. that pop tart theft? Who knows? Weirder things have happened. Um, we had on this about Indiana Jones five wrapping, but we kind of talked about it already. Yeah. 
No, uh, it's just we've we've made fun of this for like five straight podcasts I've been on on here because of obviously Harrison Ford is 107 years old yeah, and yeah. only gets older with every delay. It's like, oh, God, he's going to be even. <laughs> but if you look at the IMDb, this is a stellar, no sarcasm. This is a stellar cast crew has Phoebe Waller-Bridges in it. Uh, James Mangold, the director, directed Ford versus Ferrari and other like quality actual real movies. Three Ten to Yuma, yeah, he's a good director. Yeah, the, the writers, the writing team is top notch. Like it's it's a great cast. Mads Mikkelsen is in it. Keep cashing those checks, Mads. Yeah, uh, it's it's everything looks so. It's very possible this will be like an actual really good movie, and they'll use Harrison Ford in a very dignified way. <laughs> that they won't be sad um you know there's no reason it has to be sad it's just that i no. i did no i think yeah it's just that gonna ha- crystal skull a lot of us noticed how old harrison ford was in it, and that was 14 years that, ago that's right. crazy how long ago that was it yeah it was smart of them to use him in like a sean connery sense like he's he's not well, he's no, he's fucking swinging from things yes. in that movie. He was still doing like, stunt stuff, and yeah. it, it, you could kind of tell that it maybe was not the best idea. Like he was crashing yeah. through windshields, and uh, yeah, yeah, he started it's one of those worried. things. He'll, yeah, if they he'll, just, he'll do whatever to let him get away with. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, it's just that if they if they in this one, it's weird. Like if they just have like younger people do all the stunts while he just like stands there and moves from scene to scene. Then it's like, why are we doing this? Um, but also, if they have to just cut, keep cutting to like a stuntman doing an impossible thing, like in the Naked Gun, when Leslie Nielsen would like flip around the apartment, like then, then they shouldn't do that either. And I guess you're right. This has a fantastic uh, cast uh, and crew behind it, but it's still like that problem, which is like, what are they going to do with him? Like. Why? Why are we? Why are we making this in the first place? Uh, I don't know. Maybe yeah. Maybe they'll find a really good answer to that. But it's like, feels like it has to be centered around the fact that he's just too old to be going like crawling through caves. Like, I don't want Indiana Jones to be crawling through caves. Caves at this age. I'm I want him to about be. Him. Yeah, I want him to be like financially secure enough to not have to do to be that at, stuff at home. Like warming his old bones beneath a quilt yeah he needs a break yeah how seriously how old is harrison ford he's gonna be 80 i think when this movie comes out yeah it's with the star wars it's it's that it's that thing where it's like we don't want it to end and it's like okay but you realize by doing that you create a hell for your favorite characters you create luke skywalker you know drinking milk from from that weird creature and 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 being like a weird shut-in like you if you have to continue the story then you're gonna that means that these people never get a break and, and also so the natural progression of that is like yeah it's kind of a bummer actually indy and han solo were both the the whole point was that they were young brash guys right like the, the, he was he intentionally was not 50 he was a guy in his 30s who was you know a, a, a cowboy uh, action right. hero, cool guy, who you know later in life, if you're still acting like that, it's just sad. So you see, you know, Han Solo turned in Star Wars, the sequels, and he's like wearing the exact same vest and pants. It's like, well, that's just depressing. He's 
80. It's like right. he should have, he should be like, he should like own a smuggling company. He should be in an office somewhere in like a dignified, like the, the space version of like a suit, business suit, you know, and being cool, cool <laughs> right. in that way, you know, not, not being, being cool in like a Roger Sterling way, not like a swinging from a rope type way. Right. It's the, it's, you know, if you ever go to a high school reunion and you run into that one person who's like still wearing the same outfit, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, what happened? You're not like, like oh, you're you still to, cool. It's, yeah, it's the opposite. It's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's just like, I, I don't know, man. Like it, it, it's just, they don't, but the, it's the thing where it's like, they're like, well, if we show old indie wearing like a suit solving like mysteries, low, low-level mysteries uh like then it's like well that's not indiana jones it's like yeah exactly yeah like, that's the point move on yeah <laughs> it, or, or do, do the james done. bond thing and cast somebody else but it, it's don't don't act like you just put him in the hat and it feels the same because it literally right. doesn't i'm not trying to be ageist it, it's fine if when you're 80 if you no longer act like you're 30 that's fine that's yeah, Lord That's knows not, I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, no one, no one yeah. should should be doing that. That's you know. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I want to be closer to Jabba than Han by the time I'm eighty. <laughs> oh yeah, That's the dream. That is the dream. <laughs> Getting choked to death in your living not room. Not getting off my couch. <laughs> I'm going to bring my thing. couch on the barge. <laughs> I, I guess that's that's kind of my point about like the earlier, because it's like, you know, it, Harrison Ford at age 80, it's like, well, no, he's, he still can play sexy action hero. But Sandra Oh at age 46 or whatever, it's time right. for her to graduate to creepy, gross grandma monster. Right. It's like... <laughs> Okay, if like like if she were his Indy's love interest in this movie, it would be too creepy because she's far too young for him. Yet in Hollywood right. terms, it's like ah, he can Indy can basically he's basically still same guy he was at forty. Yeah. Okay, that's I feel mm-hmm. like that's a double standard, maybe a little bit. Right. It's actually the one thing I liked about the new James Bond um, is that they actually do kind of address that where he like teams up with this hot young woman and it, it, they just like shake hands and move on. Cause it's like, yeah, he's too old for her, man. Like yeah, they don't, they, yeah, they're like, they're no, they're, they're, they're business associates and that's it. Uh, she has her own life. You would have nothing to talk about. Yeah. yeah. You would have nothing to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's movie news. Let's, uh, should we think some more producers? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, we're coming up on our regular two-hour time now. Yeah, let's do it. Um, <clears throat> big thank you to the Midnight Patron with Patrons at Midnight. Mm. Uh, uh, thank you to Exploding Runes. Thank you to Andrew, the Proud Satanist. How? Thank you. Thank you to Vincent. Mm. Thank you to Rev MD. Thank you to Lauren Gucci. Thank you very much. Thank you to Bootler Bootleson. Thank you. Thank you to Tux. Uh, thank you to Ricky Cilantro. Thank you to Norm, Norm from Cheers. And thank you to Space McNulty. Thank mm. you very much. $100 million McNulty. Okay, let me jump in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks to your mom. Thank you. <laughs> thank you to Nolan Maiden. <laughs> thank you. Thank you to Andrew Follow Marina on Twitch and Patreon at Heartfist Brain McGuire. Thank, thank you. Thank you to AJ. Thank, thank you. to Tip Drizzle. Thank, thank you. Thank you to Burrito Mouth. Thank, thank you to the you. ghost of Dave Thomas. Thank, thank you. Thank you to Aaron Burser. Thank, Thank you. you to Christopher Robert Sparts Esquire. 
Thank you. Thank you to Mackenzie Fuck Shuffling with Willem Dafoe's confusingly large dick. Chill. Thank you. Thank you to Funky J. And thank thank you you to Pie Guy. Pie Guy. Dave. Thank you. Pie Guy. Thank you. Dave. What is it? Cut the shit. What? What is it? Do you have a movie? Tom. That deserves more hype in space. Oh, shit. No, I, I. All right. So sorry. Sorry, everyone. This doesn't you take place in space. Motherfucker. I'm so sorry. Oh, man. It's uh, fucked well, up. Well, go ahead and give us what you got, man. All right. This is called The Innocence. Uh, it was last time I checked 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it didn't have that many reviews. As you guys pointed out, it's playing in, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, the, film the, festivals, the where people <laughs> are always very hyperbolic, and yeah. every movie gets, yeah, standing ovations. Um, it's but that said you can see it may 13th for yourself on vod uh it's it's kind of like chronicle but i would argue it looks better it's um it it's looks like really ex- good to me it this looks really yeah i love i love creepy powerful children and yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's like it's like chronicle but executed and it, it, it's it's children with with even less emotional intelligence who are discovering as very young children they have superpowers or like telekinesis or whatever and obviously having no moral compass for how to control those and the adults don't know they have them and it's everything about the premise and the setup and the trailer it's really creepy and i yeah it looks like a nightmare yeah yeah it's a it, it, twilight what, zone episode it's a good life yeah right what country does it come out of i forget but um it's got subtitles uh it's I, I want to say it's like I'm, from the Netherlands. I'm actually not sure. Yeah. Um, and so the idea is like, yeah, it's like an apartment complex and these um, kids are just sort of left to their own devices in the playground. And for whatever reason, they all seem to have different powers. I'm guessing there's like something in the, you know, there that's doing it. I don't know. Uh, and like, it's that thing. It's Lord of the Flies rules where it's like, yeah, they're, children with yeah like you said no moral compass no guidance and these superpowers and one of them is clearly uh not not a very nice kid um and they're just sort of like figuring out how to deal with that and like it it clearly gets very brutal like i don't think they're going to shy away from it um the the reactions apparently in the in the festival is like yeah people were like really upset there's some uh animal cruelty in there uh so warning on that um but it's all it's all yeah it feels like it's very similar to chronicle but they made them way younger and therefore it's actually more brutal yeah uh and then the, just the delivery like the the trailer when you watch it it's just like a really creepy trailer uh, it's from norway I, if you're just to clarify norway it. yeah um yeah it, it, it looks like this it's from norway yeah I hope this is not racist for me to say this. Uh, horror movies are scarier when they're in a foreign language to me because it's like, oh, this takes place in this weird alternate universe where people, <laughs> everything looks a little off. It's like, well, it looks a little off because it's a different country, you yeah. idiot. It's a place I've <laughs> never been. Yeah, it's just, it's right. like, well, the, it's like the, the brands and stuff that they're eating, it's all weird. It's all, yeah. it's all Norwegian. It's bizarro he's, world. he's drinking Norwegian cola. Um, but the, it just, I, I will confess it adds to like 
the the I guess I'm saying this because some people hate hate movies have subtitles. I feel like horror works really well. The South Korean horror movies are spectacular, oh, yeah. but part of it is that it's a new world to you to be just to be dead serious here. Like the fact that it is somewhat exotic and different, it just adds to what feels unsettling, not because of racism, but because of it's like it's just not familiar. So you're even less grounded than you would be. So if you're someone who normally hates subtitles or you avoid avoid foreign films because you feel like they're pretentious or whatever, I hope the people listening to the show don't still feel that way. But um, I know some people do like actively when they find out something subtitles, they just don't watch it. Right. Horror plays really well with subtitles. It, like it's the one genre that I can guarantee you you're you're not going to miss out on. And it's I agree and with there's that. some incredible horror being made all around the world. If you feel like American horror has gotten too samey and it's all kind of the, the very similar in the way it's shot and all that, man, check out check out the stuff from anywhere else. Mhm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, and yeah, check this out. Yeah, The Innocence. Uh, it looks real good. It really does. Uh, at least check the, the trailer. Um, and yeah, there's, man. Goddamn. Yeah, foreign horror. Yeah. I'm, I don't know what it, yeah. I've been I, thinking I, about a couple, like The Medium. Yeah, that's pretty good. The Medium. <laughs> I really liked, um, shit, what's it called? Oh, shit. It was an Iranian one. I'll, I'll think of it when the podcast is over. Because also, part of it is also... <laughs> That it's like we're also just seeing like the ones that were so well done that they're making it internationally. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're seeing yeah. like the cream, the cream of, the of the crop. crop yeah. The yeah. cream of the crop. Excellent. <laughs> uh, but yeah, check it. Th- check this out. It's uh, it looks really good. What if every subtitled movie, well, all the subtitles are read by Macho Man? Would that change people's minds? Oh yeah, like dubbed by it. <laughs> yes. Dub by him. Had yeah. to dub every part, even the little yeah. little girl in this even movie. Even children, yes. Randy. It doesn't matter. Right. Old old it's ladies. All, macho man. all of them. That would be especially animals. Sc- right. It'd be animals barking. It does all the animal like, noise. Wolf, it does all the sound wolf, effects. Wolf. Yeah. Car door shooting. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> he is he has since passed too, so that oh, would yeah. be really scary. <laughs> He's been that dead be for like two years. Oh, be frank, pretty much anybody can yeah. do that voice. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> oh man well folks that's a sode we've done it Woo-hoo! jason thank you so much for being on the show and, and doing another bearing with us for another two-hour episode <laughs> yeah there wasn't that much news there wasn't that much going on this, no, yeah, this I week <laughs> i don't know what's going on with us yeah, listen it just happens i don't know uh yeah it's 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 i don't know it's whatever it's the kids love it um I would ask yep. you what you want to plug, but you've already plugged your book. You can go ahead and do it again. <laughs> Let me have one minute to explain the situation. The way it works okay. is early on when you have a book coming out, doesn't unless you are super famous, unless you are J.K. Rowling or whoever, the first people you are selling to are the bookstores. The bookstores have to decide how many copies to buy and then how many copies they buy determines how prominently they display it because like we got all these freaking boxes of this guy's book. We've got to put them out front so they'll sell because they're in the way. So the first thing you have to do is to convince Barnes & Noble and all of the many, many other bookstore chains out there. I'm sure you can name them. Uh, uh, Barnes & Noble and then all of them. I don't need to run down all of the many that are still yeah, there's open. so many. Uh, 
Um, but you, anyway, the way they decide how many copies they're going to buy is they look and see how many pre-orders have been made on Amazon or whatever. So they're going to make a decision this summer about how many copies of this book they want. That will determine whether or not the book is successful. The, the bookstores tell you what books are, go are going to be successful because it's the ones they've got a bunch of. And so you can see them. If they buy one copy of your book and it's turned spine out back in the either the P's or the W's back there, you're not going to see it. If they put it up in the new releases section, they've got 10 copies of it with the face of it out. It signals to everybody that walks in, oh, this is a big, important book that you need to buy. So the only way I've been beating the system for low these past 13 years of writing novels is by building up so many pre-orders that the books are kind of forced to stock it. And then because they're forced to stock it, it sells because lots of books are still sold by, I know nobody thinks that this, but it's true. They're still sold in brick and mortar stores. People walk into and buy, not just Barnes Noble, but all the indie stores. So that's why I start promoting, this book comes out in October. I start promoting it now not because I have nothing else going on in my life, although that is true. <laughs> but because if you're not a superstar author, this is your only chance is to build up a large pile of pre-orders that it basically forces the gatekeepers in the process to declare the book a big deal. Because it's for, for one thing for me or the the publisher or my agent to tell them, oh, yeah, this book's going to be great. This guy is red hot. Everybody says that. What proves it is when actual human beings put their money down and say, yeah, I know this isn't going to come out until the fall and that it's very possible we'll all be dead by then. I don't care. I'm, I'm telling you now I want it. So that's why I, I do this relentless promotion tour so far out that it's almost ridiculous to ask somebody to spend money on something this far out because who even knows if you'll still have a job come then to pay for it. But this is why it, it has to do with how the how the industry how the industry works. It's also a delightful surprise. Like you you pre order, and then I'm sure like depending on where you get notified, um, but like it like it's nice to just have something come in the mail like that where you're like, ooh, right, yeah, this I've, is here now. That like, is my yeah. whole deal. I love <laughs> it when a book that I ordered six months ago just shows up because it's like Christmas because it's a Christmas because right. you long forgot about it. But it's like, Oh well, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, like, a, it's like a surprise. It's, it's delightful. And if the world does end and we all do die before I want one of my final acts on this planet to be buying your book. So yeah. Yeah. And you'll never yeah. have to pay that credit card bill. So <laughs> true. <laughs> you win either way. Yeah. <laughs> everything's coming up Tom. yeah, yeah, yeah. it's win-win folks win-win um, <clears throat> um yeah i guess you should probably tell, tell him some stuff dave uh, yeah i will uh we have a patreon patreon.com slash gamefully gamefully unemployed if you go on there for just five dollars a month you get access to a bunch of podcasts uh we have tom and jeff watch batman fox Mulder is a maniac uh, we do some podcasts with the 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 folks at Small Beans, Star Trek: The Next Futurama, and Spielboys. They're all exclusive. They're all available for five dollars a month. For a little more, uh, ten dollars a month, you can watch movies with us uh, every Friday night. That's the night that this comes out. 
um, we we get together and we we do like a little family movie viewing night. I forget what we did last week. Uh, I don't but know. One of these weeks we did uh, the Sean Austin Bruce Campbell film Icebreaker, uh, which I have on DVD, and I have a bunch of other DVDs that could be watched one of these nights. Yeah, when you're listening, the day you're listening to this, we're probably going to be watching Amityville in space. So you know, you want to jump on if that. it's available. Yeah. Um, we also have a store. You can head over to gameplayandemployed.com, or you'll find a link to our Teespring store. We have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs. You can get on T-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all kinds of things. So check that out. Check it out. All right, we can we can be done now. We can be done. Woohoo! Say we goodbye. Did it. Say goodbye, guys. Goodbye. Bye. Our music is produced by Chris Corlew. You can follow him on Twitter at at the Corlew, C-O-R-L-E-W, and find more music at shipwreckedsailor.bandcamp.com. Our artwork is produced by Justin Brown. You can follow him on Twitter at at Justin T. Brown, and find more of his artwork at artnessbyjustinbrown.com and justinbrown.info.